Boom, there it goes. Welcome back yeah, to the oh. Hank Strange situation. Yes. Make sure Lifestyle you subscribe. Make sure you thumbs loaded. up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Make sure you ring the bell. We are live. Come on, let's see jazz hands. Come on, let's do it. There you go. Come on. Uh, Cody, you got to do it. Cody's trying to get away. You got to do it, Yeah, man. he's trying to get away with it. Same thing with Will. I got to police everyone to make sure they're doing oh, the job. I, miss, <laughs> I hope you guys are wearing your happy 400th episode panties tonight. Because <laughs> we are live. We are live. This is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast, episode number 400, yo. 400. And uh, it's free for all Monday as well. And we're celebrating the greatest pro Second Amendment podcast on earth. Who moved my freedom podcast? Our special guest tonight. Okay, let's see. Who, who do I even start doubling, with? Doubling let's, up. We got two. Yeah, let's start with Cody from Walther Arms. There he goes. Cody's Hello. back uh, from a looks like a bedroom. Yep, yeah, bedroom. It's like a bedroom. I'm finally home. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, awesome. <laughs> He's home. He's doing it. And uh, then we also have Will from Bear Creek Cattle Company joining That's us. It. Yes, Will was supposed to be here last week and something horrible happened. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> for, you, yeah. for those of y'all that didn't catch it, it wasn't me, right? That's no. right. No. It was all you on Hank. Too. It was Hank. Yeah, it was me. It was Lola's fault. I blame Lola. <laughs> she was on the Lola. internet? You yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lola she broke YouTube servers. Yes. <laughs> Lola messed up the YouTube server. And look at him. There he goes. Babyface P wearing a patch hat with no patches. Uh, can we get him you a Walther patch or yeah, something? I was just I mean, about to say, it'd be great if I had a Walther patch. What is going here? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, like he, he, he's got the patch hats, but no patches to go okay. on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Anyway, so we're here. You guys are here. Shout out to everyone. Of course, the show is being brought to you today by Walther Arms, yeah. our sponsor. Thanks to uh, Walther Arms for helping us bring the podcast to the people. Whoa, whoa! Did you did you see the what the donation you just got? Oh no, I did it. Holy I haven't seen moly! Anything. Where is it? Uh. Real Cujo just gave us 50 bucks. Oh, wow. Awesome. Thanks. Shout out to Real Cujo. He says. Let's celebrate 800 hours of fun. God knows how much more this. Uh, God knows how much hours. more time setting up in most of all great conversations. That, yes. 400 episodes, two hours apiece. Yeah. We have been hours. ruining the minds of America. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> 800 hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, thanks. A big shout out to uh, Real Cujo um, for that. Thanks a lot. Let's see who else we got in here. There's a whole bunch of uh, there's a whole bunch of people in here. So I'm gonna try to babyface. You're gonna probably have to help me because the comments are coming like crazy in here. Everyone, smash the thumbs ups. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, ring the bell and all that kind of stuff. Uh, leave comments if you have them here. I'm gonna try to get to it. I'm gonna try to go through, scroll through here and see. Uh, okay. See what's going on in here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if there yeah, are any. Music lover says, "Don't own any Walthers anymore, but love the PPQ." The you know what's the um what's the James Bond gun? That's one of the ones that I've always wanted. That's PPK. Um, yeah, this PPK. I yeah. Yeah. I want a PPK at some point as like a suit gun, like a classy going yeah. out gun. I need one. I just it's, it's one for. day that's gonna be my suit gun. Okay, you <laughs> want that in what caliber? Three eighty. They or, come in 380 mostly, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah just 380. 
Back oh, in yeah. the day, 32, but we don't do that anymore. So. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go for 380 over 32. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, didn't you guys make, you didn't make a 9? There's no 9 millimeter version? No, it's not. People get okay. a little confused because on the side of the slide it says 9 millimeter Kurtz. Which is 380 ACP. Yeah. Right. 380 mm-hmm. ACP. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Very cool. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to go through here and shout out people. Mr. Hootie Who is out there. Shout out to Hootie Who. I see him out there. I think I see Harry's holsters as well. There's a whole bunch of things scrolling up here. So some you guys might have Harry to. Land, Jay Brennan, Vanessa Kitty, Kiaski, Real Cujo with yeah. the big 50, 50 bucks, Christian Grest, Moo yes. uh, Butts, Kathleen Music Lover, Scooter Trash Tactical. I like that name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. And he's trying to find some of the names. Who who we already said? Chris yeah. Williams. Uh, Rob Avis. Big Dick I, Willie. Yes. <laughs> Big Dick Willie. That's a real. That's his real name. It's okay. the, God-given name. Born. Yes. Came out of the womb. William Big Willie. Willie. <laughs> William Willie. That's the name. Yeah. And he happens to be a very you know pl- hey, yeah, plus-sized gentleman. Plus-sized gentleman. <laughs> That's, so it's that's legitimate. all his business. <laughs> yeah, it's legitimate. We're not, we're not judging. We're not judging. Um, yeah. Okay. So listen, if there's because there's a bunch of comments and stuff like that scrolling up there, so I'm gonna have to come back around to that. Um, so let's let's check in with people here. Let's start with uh, let's start with Will. What's up, man? How, how are you doing? How's everything? Oh, great, man. Uh, just. A lot going on. You know, this time of the year is a busy season for us. Uh, restaurant consumption is up, so we're doing a lot of deliveries. We've got babies dropping everywhere on all of our farms and uh, a lot of pasture maintenance. You know, we're in the grass business. As long as we've got a lot of grass, we've got food for the cows, and uh, we're happy soaking up that vitamin D and curing the winter depression, and, and life is good. Yeah. So you should just explain to people what you do because you're like babies dropping out in the pasture. <laughs> people, people may not yeah, know. Probably, you want to explain does to some clarification? Right? Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I operate a, an all-natural uh, beef operation in the North Georgia mountains. Uh, primarily, we supply wholesale distribution to restaurants, um, premium quality. You know, we we try and uh, produce the best product, but, you know, it's a very close side benefit. It is raised all naturally, uh, like our forefathers did it. And um, we do sell direct to the public. We currently uh, source our our beef into some of the local retailers, and we're working on trying to create a destination spot here at one of our uh, home farms. And uh, where people can come and take a farm tour, purchase uh, our beef products directly. And eventually, I'm hoping to uh, get us to where we can ship nationwide. Uh, we do it on a very limited basis uh, right now, but it's cost prohibitive to uh, be on you know, a, a large scale. But we're working on that. So hopefully we can bring the beef to the people. Yes. So, so if people out there are thinking, hey, how can we get our hands on some premium beef? Just uh, for exposure, just this is going to sound weird, but I have tried your meat. <laughs> hey, after eight years in the business, I've heard it all. So. Yeah, I don't even blush anymore. I'm, I'm the meat man. It's it's good stuff. Your your meat is good. It's good meat. It's good the eating. Best. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but the, so the folks out there cannot get it shipped to them right now. But can, but can they come to you? Can they come to you guys yes. to get that stuff or? 
Yeah. Okay. Yes, they can. Uh, currently, uh, we're, we're, we're creating some kind of meet and greets here on the farm. Uh, and, you know, that's tongue in cheek for both. I know, that's uh, so perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be putting some packages together and setting some dates uh, mm-hmm. that folks can come and pick up packages. We also sell quarters, halves and holes. Uh, so you can get anywhere from 120 pounds of beef right now to 500 pounds, Ooh. and it's very cost-effective to do that. So for those folks that want to budget for it and fill a freezer up and have the best beef all through the summer and into the winter, you know it's a great option. Okay. Um, but we are going to create some smaller packages for you know budget options so that you don't have to buy 100 pounds at one time. And uh, love love to meet people and tour them around the farm and uh, make a great experience of it. Okay, so like an average family, I don't know, I guess like a four, four people, how much meat do they eat in a year, let's say? Yeah, so that varies from family to family, right? Some some families eat beef all the time. Some people, you know, have it as a, uh, a delicacy, I guess, you know, once or twice a month. And so that, that really varies. I typically like to say that a half a cow will supply a family of four on average for a year. And okay. uh, as a matter of fact... Uh, we are giving away free beef for a year. Right. And uh, yeah, cool. that the drawing. Uh, so you have to follow Bear Creek Cattle Company on Instagram and Facebook oh. and uh, tag 10 of your friends. It's it's a real simple process. We're giving that away uh, July 31st. Now, the, the asterisks or small print is uh, that that equates to half a cow. So we've taken the average of what a family of four should eat in a year. And uh, so we're going to give away a half a cow July 31st. But, you know, it's a, about an $1,800 retail value and um, doesn't cost you anything but a few seconds, a couple clicks and you're in. OK. And just right now, I'm throwing up uh, Bear Creek Cattle Company on Instagram for anyone that's out there listening to us. If you guys can go over there. Uh, so you did actually post something that you were going to be here on the show. So you guys should go over there and like that and all that kind of stuff and uh, win you some meat. Uh, I just have to say, you know, when Lola makes steak, she goes, oh, what do you want with your steak? And I say, um, I want steak with a side of steak <laughs> and steak, you know, <laughs> extra we love steak. You got to get those meat sweats before you're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we love customers like you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course. Real Americans. Keep you in business. Absolutely. Yes. Carnivores. Yeah. Yes, but, absolutely. you know, for those that don't follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you know, and, and primarily, I guess we, we put a little more uh, stream into the Instagram feed, but everything copies to Facebook. But we put a lot of stuff in our Instagram stories. So we kind of have a, an interesting mix. It's, it's not just pictures of steak and beef. You know, we try and mm-hmm. give a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of uh, entertainment value, I guess, to, to following us. And, you know, every now and then I'll throw up a a picture of a new deer rifle that we're looking at uh, for the following season. And, you know, just earlier today, I was trying to decide between two camo patterns on a crossbow and threw that up to kind of pull, pull the masses. And we do some funny videos and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You are, you are gun people out there. So cool. All right, let's, uh, let's check in on Cody. Cody, what have you been up to, sir? And been traveling, traveling all around. Uh, I think since the last time we spoke uh, I think I went to Iwa right after we were, were yeah. here in Nuremberg. Uh, so I did the Nuremberg show. Um, talked to you at NRA show for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, did we we didn't get to we didn't get a chance to see you after the NRA show, did we? I don't we think did so. not. No, no. 
Yeah. Yep, so because that's like the kickoff for a whole bunch of different shows that you guys go to. Uh, not really. Interrail kind of okay. ends it. That's, oh, it ends uh, it. Okay. Yeah, we the USCCA show after NRA, and that was kind of the last one. Uh, okay. For the so yeah, we'll kick back up in the fall and start hitting some more, you know, buy group distributor shows and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a uh, you know Q1 Q2 is very busy. We travel quite a bit. Um, just got back from Houston. Went down there to shoot the Area 4 USPSA Championship, and a tornado blew through and just destroyed everything. Wow. Um, so okay. that got canceled and moved to July. Okay. As a so the, trip. so <laughs> the circuit you're on is um, like uh, two-gun, three-gun matches? Um, I mostly just do uh, pistol only. Um, pistol? I shot okay. the Hornady uh, three-gun zombie match a couple weeks ago in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was pretty fun. It's not really my strong suit. Um I suck reloading a shotgun, so <laughs> gave got, up on that. You got to uh, – what's, what's the name of the guy again that teaches John Wick? You got to get those John Wick classes. <laughs> Taren, Taren Tactical. Yeah, Taren Tactical. <laughs> yeah. That's why they run those four-foot tubes under them. Oh, like, yeah. 30 rounds. It's crazy yeah. in some of those three-gun matches. Yeah. Do, you know, yeah. do you know how to do that stuff well? You know how to do, yeah. like, the three at a time or, or? – yeah, a, a little bit. So I'm, I'm ex-law enforcement. So oh, okay. I've, I've had I've had a good bit of uh, practice with a shotgun, mm-hmm. and you know I can do tactical reloads and stuff over the top and all that, but I've never shot a three gun match, so I, I'm probably not the speed champion of the world. Okay, sure. so Cody, you know how to do it. You can you can teach yeah, us. Okay. Back a few years ago, I, le- I learned how to do the load two. As soon as I learned how to do load two, everyone started doing load four. So I learned <laughs> how to do load four. Exactly. And then I finally figured out that you could go to open and have the speed loader tubes, which just hold, you know, four, six, or eight rounds. And you just shove that tube into your gun, basically, and it loads those rounds for you much easier. Okay, so uh, it's a specific tube to do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you look at Arredondo accessories, they make like a, like a ramp that attaches to your like feed gate area. Mm-hmm. Uh, got like two posts that stick up. And so they sell a bunch of tubes that you put a little handle at the back and load, you know, like four, six or eight rounds into it. And you just flip the shotgun over, put that tube out against those two posts on your feed gate and push. And it'll load all four, six or eight rounds into your, into your shotgun. So okay. very, very quick. Um, Cool. A lot easier than trying to do that low two stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Who here on the panel has seen the latest John Wick? I, yeah, no, I have I, not. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, it was good. I've seen all the cliff notes all over YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. What did What did you think, Cody? You saw it. I liked it a lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan. We actually had some guns in that movie. Um, a lot of the villains carried PBQs and CCPs. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> the, the villains' guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah we tried. Um, You're but, getting there. You're getting close. Get into that, you know, the Terran stuff. But Terran yeah. kind of controlled most of those guns. Yeah. But, See, here's um, what you. They're they're good old school. I I don't know if anybody caught the scene though. When he's building the revolver, it's like a flashback to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. The old villain was building the revolver and clicking. Yeah, it and he, and he was spinning it. Yeah, straight yeah. out of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that was really cool to see, like the the old western throwback. Yeah, someone needs to do that to see if you can actually just go in there and take a random uh, random uh, <laughs> <Take> <laughs> random parts, yeah, for a single action and put it together and make it work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think. Yeah. Hold on. He just did one shot. Well, we're, we're probably ruining yeah, it. Just one shot. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For for people out there. It. Yeah, it was a good movie. What you have to do here here's the thing that you do. You sneak into John Wick's house. 
hopefully when he's out like kicking some other bad bad guys asses sneak <laughs> yeah, in there be real quiet yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't kill his dog when you sneak in there uh, and then go into his stash in the basement you know under the concrete the uh, little concrete thing and just put a bunch of walthers in there and with a little note saying yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to push for the steel frame for the next yeah. one. There's going to be a John Wick tour, but i got yeah. to push the steel frame. Yeah, okay. yeah for sure. How many John Wicks you think you guys think we're going to? Because I know they're already working oh. on four. Yeah. All yeah. the John Wicks. Yeah. I don't know. John Reeves said he would do as many as people would come to watch. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's – I. Okay. I I say ten at least. It's gonna to get to ten. <laughs> yeah, I'd be down for that. I mean, it's just when they when they start spinning it off, that's when it's gonna just. Yeah, uh, they're doing like a series now, like they the are. on Netflix, I think. So. Yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah. Man, I was I was totally into it when I first saw the behind the scenes at Terran Tactical, and Keanu mm. Reeves is like blowing through those he's, targets, man, like a pro. He's like I was real like, deal. yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I'll, I'm all in. <laughs> you know, usually it's just all the smoke and mirrors and the Hollywood doubles yeah. mm-hmm. and whatever, but yeah, it was legit. Yeah, Holly yeah. Berry did the same one for this too. She did a bunch of that training also. Yeah. yeah. Terrence places. I mean, Terrence a a heck of a shooter. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm probably one of the original like super fast, you know, yeah. three gun shooters. So he's he still is fast. I shot against him a couple of years ago at nationals in Florida, and yeah, I can still move somehow and still. Still gun pretty dang fast. So. Yeah. Also, Terran Tactical has a badass business plan. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire a bunch of badass chicks to be the trainers. <laughs> oh, I think sign me up for training, sir. I'll be over there, I'll be over there training, too. <laughs> yeah. Got it, man. Yeah. 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 But she was. She yeah, he's was got, go ahead. He's got kind of the corner of the market now on, on Hollywood, too. I mean, he's, he's the go-to guy. So, you know, it just – the business keeps building on itself. And, mm-hmm. man, he's he's merchandised all his products. You can get the, you know, Glock extensions and, mm-hmm. you know, you name it, Terran Tactical branded. It's I, pretty awesome. When I was carrying a Glock 43, I had his extended base plates on it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that until recently that they were Terran Tacticals and that's who, that's who that is. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> And he's nice, uh, you know. I've done a I've done an interview with him. I usually see him at Shot Show. He's cool, you know. Because yeah. he's know. a very competitive person too. So man, yeah. he, when he gets out there, he, he does not like to lose at all. So mm. yeah, yeah. Um, also, I was gonna say Halle Berry did dog training, so mm-hmm. she actually got certified as a dog trainer. So the as dogs, like a handler, like a yeah, dog handler. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that stuff you okay. see. That you see the dogs doing, they had to they they trained her so that she could do it, just to make it easier, you know, just mm. like the like how they train them to do the shooting to make it easier to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, those dogs are pretty badass. Let me give some shout outs to people. I see Clover Tack out there. What's what's Clover Tack saying? He says, uh, I think he says it's all right talking about the movie. He says Cable had the PPQ Q5 match in Deadpool, right? Was it yeah, was it, is it, that in Deadpool? Yep. Okay. Um, and then let's see. We've got Mr. Hootie who is out there. He says, uh, I have never shot a Walther. Okay. They're good guns. Yeah, we can hey, have you. You got, you got like 13 more days where you can buy one yeah. and try it out for 30 days and send it back if you don't like it. So. Oh, oh wait. That's wow. expiring That's expiring in 13 days? Yeah, oh, wow. man. Get okay. All right. So tell people, tell people out there what exactly you're talking about, just in case no one uh, so, ever heard of it. Yeah. So you can basically go to any store or buy 
any PPQ, Walther PPQ online, uh, as long as it has the PPQ designation. You can try it out for 30 days. If you don't like it, you can go to shootitloveitbuyit.com and fill out the little paperwork to return it back to us, and we issue you a full refund for the cost of the gun and tax and shipping. So uh, it literally costs you nothing if you don't like the gun. So nice. That's That's confidence in your product. Because yeah, you know there's seriously. not a lot of returns on that, you know. I've yeah, there's not. <laughs> yeah. It's just very ergonomic, so it's a nice pistol. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so Yeah. Take advantage of that people out there, you know. I mean, why not? If, if you've never if you've never tried it out, you can do it, you know. Yeah. So uh if you're looking for a suppressor host, the what is it, the P twenty two? That's the one you guys make? That thing is stupid quiet. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quieter than anything else I own. Yeah, and uh, we got the PDQ twenty two also. Yes, um, put a can on. Like, yeah, I haven't tried I need to. Yeah, yeah. I actually have like two suppressors with mine here that I'm gonna be uh, going through while we're here talking. I've got like my Sparrow, my my first twenty two suppressor. You know, uh, from Silencer Co. Sparrow's a pretty good one. Sparrow's pretty oh. good. You know, I got the Sparrow. Um, you, I'm sure you, everyone here has 22s. I don't know if everyone here has cans on their 22s. You so, should. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands up if you do not have a suppressor for your 22. Oh, no. Oh, come oh. on. Oh. <laughs> I don't have a 22 the whole time. I have a 5.56 and a 308. You don't have a 22 suppressor? Man, the 22s are addictive. Okay. Sure. I'm bad, man. I don't it's always nine mil for me. Wait, hold on a second. You've you've never shot twenty two suppressed? I have in oh. the past, but I just don't shoot them that much. So. Oh my gosh, man, that is so much fun. Yeah. So, so there you go. That's what it looks like with the uh, sparrow on God, there. It's neat looking. Huh? I always I always joke and tell everybody my Savage FVSR is in my home defense lineup and they're like what 22 i was like yeah man i can dispatch <laughs> like vermin and stuff they, oh hell you know, yeah I, I live on i live on a farm you know and something gets after the chickens and mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. gone yeah super yeah. quiet <laughs> if nobody you, heard anything yeah 300 blackouts pretty quiet too <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's like no, killing a mosquito with a baseball bat <laughs> <laughs> not to say that there's we, anything we, wrong with it we, we have that too yes there, there we go <laughs> yeah Got a little rug, yeah. rugged micro thirty on it. So yeah, nice. yeah. You, listen, I think it's always good, especially if you live in a rural area. Get have a you know. Actually, there's lots of people who live in non-rural areas. Some people in this thing that I won't mention that they have twenty twos with suppressors because your neighbors <laughs> never hear you take it out the squirrels or the what is it? What are those things? Those little gopher moles? What are those things, Patrick? Armadillos are the worst. For oh me. yeah, armadillos too. Definitely yeah, don't take those out. That's, yeah. that's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little little leprosy carriers running around and tearing up my yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I have a friend that has like night vision and and pistols with suppressors, and he just sits out there popping the armadillos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's when you come when you come to uh, when you come out to Florida to shoot with us, Cody. We'll. We'll have a bunch of 22s with cans on it. Awesome. How about that? Sounds that? like yeah. a plan. Yeah. You know, we have, to, we have to inspire you to get a suppressor for your 22s, man. You know, it can't yeah, beat right. it. Yeah. Let's see. Does someone want to say something here? I got, oh, hold on a second. Real Cujo says, what would be a good Walther for a disabled guy in a wheelchair? All. 
all of them. All of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, PPQ is is really our flagship. And I mean, when you start looking at just the way the ergonomics are designed on recoil impulse and trigger and everything, it's uh, it's really the go-to gun, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's really all I carry and just about all I shoot anymore. So um, I would really just look at, you know, even just like the compact 9mm um, is, is probably one of the most versatile platforms, I think, that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, great concealed carry, great for just going to the range of shooting. I mean, uh, you know, I shoot my four-inch carry gun in IDPA competitions and, and do very well. So, I mean, it, it goes back and forth really well, um, has the performance that you need to do, kind of whatever you want. Okay, there you go. Uh, Kenny Van Cleve says, and you guys support Crowder. Yes, they do. Out of a Crowder. <laughs> yeah, you know, which he's gonna he's gonna need it more and more nowadays. Oh yeah, yeah right. he's coming out ahead, I think, at the moment, which is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been selling a lot of those those mug the, club memberships. Yeah, the mug clubs have been have been going crazy. So yeah. he's he's doing good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what uh, I'm trying to get a couple of. There was someone here. Okay, Kiaski says, "Is there any way I buy the returns at a discount?" Yeah, sorry, that's uh. <laughs> at the factory we haven't got many many back so yeah <laughs> so okay so the guy the guys working at the factory yeah, at first fair. dibs <laughs> wait hold on someone sent one of those back yeah what oh well, you're always gonna get somebody sent it oh back. wow that's a program the employees can really get behind yeah <laughs> okay, so we're talking about just uh, hold it up again and then and then say what it is because there are some people listening to this on audio. The still, yeah. Oh, hold on, let me go. Let me go close in on you here. Okay. Yeah. So that is the Walther Q5 match steel frame. Yes. I've got mine with the X300 and a Delta Point Pro um, on top, and then I have the Springer Precision Plus Fives at the bottom. So yeah. Uh, that trigger, that blue, is yep, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you've got the base. Is that a base plate that you have on the magazine or extended? Yeah, so it's got a magwell and then Springer Precision drops some plus five okay. extensions uh, that fit inside the magwell. So. I thought I heard you say that right. I wasn't going to – I was like, plus five? Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, one's, yeah. this one's 21 plus one, so uh, <laughs> you might as well have a carbine with you. you know? <laughs> That's a it's a beast. Um, yeah, it, uh, it'll get out there uh, yeah. really easy. So, it's a fun gun. I shot my uh, I shot the first match with it at the zombie three gun match, and um, there was only one one stage that had all pistol, and uh, that was kind of my strong suit. And I actually, I beat Doug Koenig, so I, I, I'll take that all day. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So it's a that gun. It, it performs well. I'm, I'm excited to get it out and yeah. hit some more competitions with it. You should um, see if you can get a Keanu Reeves lookalike and do your own commercial, like, right? like where he's like a John Wick lookalike, but the bad guy beats him because he has he has one of those. Doesn't have a wall. Yeah. <laughs> should have carried a PPQ. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be funny. That'll be funny. Okay, so the Tyven show. You just mentioned. You just mentioned the Carby. Tyvon Show, shout out to the Tyvon Show. He's been on the show. I want to, by the way, if I didn't thank everyone that watches the show, comes on the show um, all the time, I want to thank you guys. That's how we get to 400 episodes with all the great people coming on, you know, like Cody, like Will, like like uh, Patrick here. So, um, 
Tyvin does like, that as do, well. How do you get me on? Because I, I feel like I just get suckered into this somehow most of the time. <laughs> exactly. You is your hypnotizing uh, fading off or something like that? We gotta rehypnotize oh, you. <laughs> we gotta rebrainwash you. We're getting very patriotic. Yes. Right. You will do what Hank Strange says. No. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Tyvon show says, please ask Walter if, if they will make a carbine. <laughs> Have you uh, ever heard that one before? Oh, all the time. Probably yeah. from me. I, I imagine our uh, product development department's probably tired of hearing me ask for that too. But uh, yeah, it's just um, you know we're we're headed in a good direction. We we have a lot of new products coming out, but we're we're solely a, a pistol brand. I mean, that's how we got started uh, mm-hmm. 130 years ago. So um, I mean, there's you know we've we've thought about it, but we really want to get some stuff right on this uh, on this pistol end first, and and get to the head of the market where we need to be. Um, before we start dabbling in things that, you know, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of expertise in. So, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, we just, you know, I got the PPK, PPKS back going, the Q5 match steel frame was pretty revolutionary. We got, like I said, a lot of more, a lot more stuff coming, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it out. Uh, there's a lot of guys around the office that are, that are big time shooters other than me. So, um, we, we definitely like our carving courses and, and, uh, getting out on the range with those too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, are you guys? Is the G twenty two that bullpup no longer made? It's not. No, that uh, got discontinued a while back before I even started working there. So, yeah, that was kind of the last remnants of the of the carbine game for us. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's um, that's the one I got from Walter, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, by, by the way, someone's sending me. People are sending me pictures of their guns. Nice. So let's <laughs> see. Chat. I hadn't figured that out yet. So. Yeah, this is a CCP right here that I'm throwing up on the screen with, um, is this leopard? No. Uh, yeah, it's got like a, uh, I want to say it's a leopard print on it. You'll have to uh, look at the replay because I know you guys can't see that, but here, I'll show you. Probably the cheetah print. Uh, no, <laughs> che- cheetah, yeah, cheetah print. That's what print, it is. Yeah. Cheetah print, okay. Uh, there it goes for. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah cheetah, cheetah print, print. yeah. One of the. We do a lot of different color exclusives with distributors. And oh, you guys did that. God. <laughs> yeah, we work with distributors, yeah. We do what they ask for, man. And surprise. Oh, my God. Who <laughs> asked for that? Business. Yeah. <laughs> all the business. Yeah. All the- <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's cool, though. It looks cool. It looks good. It looks good. Yeah. Gradient uh, CCP in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let me see. I got some questions. Uh, Babyface, if you see any uh, questions coming in here that I'm missing, let me know. Harry's Holster says, ask Walther if... If uh, you'll, if they'll make a single stack PPQ steel match in three five seven sig with a comp and optic mounting system that converts to twenty two. This is very specific, Harry's holster. Very very specific. PPQ very steel match three fifty seven sig with a comp and optic mounting rail that converts to twenty two LR. Yeah, that is yeah. that lot. is a yeah. <laughs> coming from Harrison. <laughs> yeah, Harrison. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot, man. Uh, yeah, still hear those three fifty seven sigs. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know anybody still shot that round. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Harrison. He he's, uh, supports the podcast as well, Harry's Holsters. Um, let me see. I think there was there was something else that I was missing. Someone was asking a question. Uh, by the way, please, everyone, smash the thumbs-ups. Okay, let's get that going. We've got over 100 people here. We don't have 100 thumbs-ups yet. 
Let's make it happen. Um, I'm trying to scroll back through and see if we've got. Uh, I, I do got to give a shout out to, to Will down there. I, I thought I was like, I actually came from the agriculture industry. Oh, okay. Got into the, the firearms oh, industry. And if you think it's, you know, um, I think it's bad on this end and, and legislation and, and how people's, you know, perceptions are of firearms, the agriculture industry catches probably twice as much as that. Is that true? Is that? <laughs> I mean, if AOC gets in to any sort of yeah. power, yeah. she wants to get rid of cow farts and guns. So, <laughs> you know, the, the, the smaller you are as an operation, probably we stay under the radar a little more. And uh, the way, you know, I operate Bear Creek Cattle Company is, you know, utilizing sustainable practices. And that's that's not really just tongue in cheek to, to have a brand label, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's very beneficial. It helps produce a, a good product. Um, you know, I, I own a good bit of land, you know, and, and if I'm going to own it, in which we never really own anything, right, because it'll be here long after I'm gone. Mm-hmm. But, um, True. you know, I want to take care of it. And uh, that also keeps all the legislation off my back. But the thing that really affects uh, my business directly, uh, you know, might not be necessarily environmental issues and stuff, but all these things that you see on the news at night where they're, you know, negotiating these export and import laws, you know, it affects market value. And, you know, even though I, I try to produce the Cadillac of beef, you know, the price of the Chevy is still going to be market value. And, you know, I, I can only obtain a premium above market value. So, you know, it, it's always an ebb and tide of, of cattle values and beef prices. And so, you know, the, the, the wave of the cruise ship affects the rowboat. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I always laugh about because, I mean, there's, there's so many different styles and it's just like the firearms industry. You know, you got your, your low quality and, and your high quality. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you always get people that say they want to support all this, but then they go to the grocery store and, and how do you pick your meat? They, they dig through and they pick the cheapest. Yeah. What's on yeah. the shelf and what's the cheapest. And that's what yeah. they buy. Yeah. yeah. 10 chicken breasts for 10 bucks, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, they wonder where that comes from and stuff like that. But, you know, we got a, my wife actually works for the Department of Agriculture. Um, oh, she's cool. an animal health technician and, and patrols around, make sure everyone's doing the right stuff. So she's stayed in the industry and I got into the firearms industry. So I still yeah. put in a little bit. My family still raises cattle, show cattle, mostly not, not so much for food, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, I, 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 I jokingly say that, uh, you know, the beef business is my most expensive hobby and then firearms <laughs> a second. For sure. <laughs> not a lot of money in it. It has to be a love and a passion. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ben Franklin said, uh, a hardworking man is, is a happy man and a, idle man is a miserable one. And I, I really do believe that, you know, that I have other opportunities in life and other things that I could be doing. And I certainly, you know, as I hope that I portray on here, I'm a very uh, strong supporter of the second amendment. I'm an avid gun collector, shooter, outdoorsman. Um, but you know, I have to have something to do every day. And, uh, <laughs> so that's, that's why I choose to be a cowboy and get out there and play with the cows and chase bulls and have a good time. And like I said, soak up some of that vitamin D. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know how to work hard to do that. Your day doesn't stop at five and six o'clock like ours. <laughs> no, man. I I can tell you right now. I I think that uh, being a farmer, that's not. Um, you know, what is the? There's a book I read like when I was really young. I think it's All Creatures Great and Small. You ever read that book? Yeah, that it's not easy. I don't think I even want to know what it's like to uh, have to grow up on the farm and go out there at all different times. We've got goats, so that's probably the closest. 
that we come to it where some something's always dying, being born, escaping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago when the when the Ram commercial came out and Paul Harvey did that and God created a farmer uh, voiceover. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was from a, a, a podcast or, or whatever they called it, you know, probably back in the 70s. But they paired it with a Super Bowl commercial. And when I first heard that, man, it brought a tear to my eye because, you know, there's a lot of things that people in the general public don't understand. It's those long hours. It's the willingness to stop your tractor, you know, like he says in, in the voiceover and and help a, a wounded animal or, you know, take care of the environment, you know, and being a, an avid outdoorsman, I'm always looking at the turkeys and the deer and how can I improve their habitat. And it's not just so that I have a successful hunting season. It's so that I see, you know, these wildlife year round because I enjoy looking at them and, and being a caretaker and a steward. And that's a lifestyle. It's not a job. Yeah, definitely a special calling. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cody. I was a I was an ag teacher for a little while and you know and I, I taught ag actually in inner city outside Dallas and you know most of those kids never did any of that you know but we had school barns where you know they raised their own livestock and stuff and it it really teaches them those kids a lot of a lot of work ethic and most of us we all know growing up especially nowadays too we're all experiential learners we like to learn by doing and and you can take them in there and show them you know how to do you know mm-hmm. math calculations by you know what kind of shots you need to give them and, and antibiotics and things like that when they're raising uh, these show animals and feed rations and what they need to be feeding and they're they're applying you know what they're learning in the classroom um to actually something that they can make money at it, it really surprises them and you know they end up learning a lot more and it really like i said it teaches you a work ethic because there is no time schedule we get raised on an eight to five style job with a lunch break at eleven thirty. And, you know, when you're out on a farm and you're, you're working with animals, it's it's 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, it feels like living because, you know, all of us, you know, anytime I even go to a restaurant, I catch myself. I'm stuck in my smartphone. You know, I'm trying to check mm-hmm. my Instagram feed. I'm, you know, <clears throat> occupying my mind. And when I'm out on the farm, I'm in the moment. You know, I'm worried about what's that bull going to do? You know, what 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 do I need to do in the next 15 minutes or whatever? And, you know, I'm not thinking about social media and all this electronics and and fast paced life. And, you know, that's one of the things that I want to do as part of the agritourism push that I was telling you that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to transition the business to. So I'm only our, our farm is only an hour and a half north of Atlanta. And, uh, you know, they're literally kids in the city that think that chocolate milk is made on night shift at the Coke plant. You know, I mean, and we laugh, but I mean, that that's for real. And, uh, you know, I would love to bring some of those youngsters up, educate them and say, look, this is how, you know, we need to produce food. And this is how, you know, if, if bad things happen in the world, you, you know, you don't just go to the grocery store to get your food. And all of this art of raising our own food source and, you know, all of these skills, they're just passing by as the generations go on and they're being forgotten. And, you know, I just think that education, you know, yeah, I I fully understand not every child that comes up and takes a farm tour is going to, you know, become a farmer. The beef business is very capital intensive and as land gets more expensive, it's more and more difficult to get into it. I understand all that. But if they can at least understand where their food comes from, it'll open their eyes to new horizons. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, when you look at, you know, definitely getting, you know, with your 4-H and FFA chapters local. I mean, ag teachers are killing for opportunities like that. So are county extension agents and 4-H. Um, 
you know, they always love those opportunities to take kids out to different farms and see different operations, especially when you start going through uh, the different uh, industrial style ones and then getting into all natural and, and USDA organic and things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of different things out there. And I always learned how to, you know, going through college, everyone laughs and I always, I still do it. I, I still do AI, which is artificial insemination. Um, with oh, all really? Our, I was thinking something else, but okay. Guys, yeah. I always send uh, around, around Thanksgiving, I always send the guys at the office a nice, uh, nice picture of my arm up a, up a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Just for them on Thanksgiving. And, uh, <laughs> but I mean, through college, I mean, I did that and then yeah. I, Actually, you know, I'd go to the stock shows and do cow's hair. Like we glued up hair and, and dressed them all up. And, man, I'd make 100 to $150 a head at shows. What? And, oh, yeah. That was good money yeah. in college, man. And so You I'd glue the hair? Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, right. I've, I've not heard of this. <laughs> Google a show steer, you'll see like one that's like super fluffy. The hair on their legs is all stood up and clipped. Uh, yeah, so to, <laughs> yeah, they look like a giant teddy bear. It's, yeah, it's they hilarious do. to see them. So that's glue <laughs> yeah. or something? Okay. Yeah, they use like almost like hairspray for cows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hairspray for cows. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, that's crazy. Google it. I know. And yeah. the the old marketing guy that he actually went to Weatherby, um, and that's who whose spot I took here at Walter, man. He would just take me to lunch and just tell me to like talk about ag and stuff because he just loved to hear about all this stuff because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's out there for people that haven't been around it. To me, like it was a normal normal thing you know me and my mm-hmm. wife both so <laughs> yeah man i wish i wish you lived closer uh we we've got a bunch of ai calves due in mid-september but we bred to a to a big name bull gardener ranch surefire this year and i'm sure you understand epds and all that stuff and everything he's a top producer but you know so for those that don't understand why you would do ai versus you know natural service with bulls so we still use bulls as as cleanup it's not 100% effective when you artificially inseminate. You get about 60%, maybe, maybe better if you got lucky. Um, but the thing is, so me in North Georgia, I have access to the best genetics in the nation. I can literally look through a catalog of the best sires and say, yep, he's the one. He's going to fit everything that I need to improve my program. And this bull might be hundreds of thousands of dollars if I were to purchase him. You know, but 15 bucks, I can <laughs> buy a straw and you know, breed a cow. So wow. that, that's the benefit. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty crazy when, uh, people come over to the house and they'd ask me what the tank is in a corner. And I'm like, it's a yeah. semen tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, this is, the, this is the part you might not want to tell the people it's about not the before. Fridge. That's not milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want to know. This is might discourage me. Like, wait a second. This is a career oh, I'm going to get sure. into okay. where I'm messing around with I'm bull semen. So much right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And next subject. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing that this uh, line of conversation brings up in my brain. I want to go round robin and ask everyone. I'll start. I'll probably start with uh, maybe we'll start with Babyface P. Everyone here, what is the job that you would do if you could just wave a magic wand and have like this career or job or whatever? What is it that you would do if there was if nothing could get in the way of that? Oh, for me, it'd be uh, manufacturing. Probably a firearms accessories or firearms parts or guns in general, but okay. manufacturing. Okay. Uh, the actual nuts and bolts of manufacturing, having CNCs, having lathes, that sort of stuff. Okay. All right. Cool. So you'd be, um, so you, but you'd want to do make parts over making the guns because you can make the carbine for us, Babyface. It on. depends. Uh, I, I, Babyface carbines. Before, are, before Walter does it. It's so easy because they're not regulated, where firearms, oh, it's a pain in the ass dealing with the ATF. Yeah, that's so. true. Okay, that's true. 
Yeah, that's true. All right, let's see. Let's go to uh, let's go to Will next. What would you do, Will? Yeah, um, I would do what I'm doing. Okay, that's, that's because that's I, awesome. I I have I have other opportunities and other choices. You know, I I did put my time in. I've got a great education, a lot of experience, and you know, I could seek other opportunities, but. This is really what, you know, outside of just retirement and living free, um, you know, and I love the firearms industry. So like in the back of my mind, I would say, you know, possibly something in the firearms industry. But, you know, I don't know that I would want to make that my job because it's very difficult in any job to go on to go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it have the same feeling. And, you know, mm-hmm. farming, I'm, I'm eight years into uh, this career choice and. You know, I still find a lot of excitement. And don't get me wrong. There's days that it's it's a real job. You know, it's it's February. It's raining. It's cold. I'm dreading going out to put out hay and taking care of, you know, the cows and mucking through mud and other stuff up to my knees. You know, it's not all fun and games. You know, the, my, my saying is everybody wants to be a cowboy until it's time to do cowboy stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that's real. Yeah. And um, but, you know, honestly, I choose this life. I could do other stuff, but I choose it. Yeah. So you don't miss uh, being like a Georgia state trooper giving out tickets and stuff like that. On well, the I, I was in I was oh. an agent in South oh. Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. But, uh, OK. Yeah. All right. And I was yeah. a canine handler. Okay. South, South Carolina is not as bad. The Georgia guys gave out a lot. They give out they give out tickets for anyone. who well, knows. And that wasn't that. my primary job mm-hmm. anyway. OK. Um, but, you know, I was a canine handler and and I trained a, a lot of canines and, you know, I, I loved the dogs. I had two certified police dogs and, and loved them dearly. And uh, about nine years ago, I I lost my police dog. I was able to take him when I left. And, you know, really from there on it, um, the, the love for for dogs never left but my desire to to have another kind of faded Mm. and um you know i look back and i did that when i was young too and Mm. and although you know a bull staring you in the eyes it is an adrenaline rush i mean if it's the wrong bull and you're in the wrong place (laughs) at the wrong time it's no fun but but you know um I, i guess part of my incentive when i was in law enforcement besides you know protecting and serving the public was the adrenaline rush to be honest and you know i think that's a young man's game and i i did miss it for a little while after I got out. Uh, it felt weird, but you know, I've had a long time to accustom myself to a different lifestyle and it's just a lot less stress on a day-to-day basis. You know, I, I get to be uh, kind and friendly to people and, you know, I'm visiting restaurants and chefs and meeting customers and, you know, I pride, pride myself on the customer service that we provide. And it's just, it's good to be fun, not, not have to deal with some of the worst of society. So okay. no, I don't miss it that much. Okay, cool. I would think that the bulls would be happy to see you after you've extracted all the semen, but that's just Well, me. I don't do that part now. Come on, i got to draw the line somewhere. Um, they, they, they typically, you know, like sometimes I, I've got this bull, and, and I've got several bulls. I think I've got four or five, and um, I'm running multiple herds, and we've got two calving seasons during the year, and, and we have uh, timed calving. So I put the bull in at a certain time. I take the bull out at a certain time. And, you know, sometimes I'm trying to get the bull to load on a trailer and you can't make an 1800 pound bull do anything. Mm -hmm. So all you can do basically is, you know, a lot of times I'll take what we call cattle panels. They're just these big steel panels and I'll strap them to the back of a trailer and I'll I'll feed them and kind of lure them into those panels and shut the shut the door. But from there, it's kind of, you know, it's somewhat up to them. And I'm like, man 
get on the trailer. You have no idea where you're going. It's going to be great. And uh, they don't realize it until they get out, but it's hilarious. I, yeah. you know, I, I really should video this. When I, when yeah. I take a bull to a new pasture and a new herd and I'll let him out, they'll walk uh, off, the, off the trailer. And if they don't see the herd, they can smell them. So they'll smell the ground and they'll curl, they'll lip up and start bugling. And man, it's, yeah. it's great. It's on. So, yeah. yeah, it's, it's on. like 75, 75 virgins in a field. <laughs> yeah. Well, typically you only run, it, it, it's not that great for a bull because no. you only no. run a, a bull over 25 to 30. That's about the oh. herd size that they can handle per animal. Oh but um it's still pretty good odds. You're you're just okay, making yeah. Hank's dreams right here. Twenty five to thirty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me get this question in from Tyvin before I get my own self in trouble. Tyvin says, uh, "Ask how much a semen extractor makes. Does that uh, does that need a college degree?" <laughs> it's not. No. But if you ever watch that stuff happen, man, yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know how you go to sleep at night. <laughs> well, you know, just to take away some of the ambiguity, uh-huh. um, that they, they actually do that electronically now. They they have a special probe that they insert and it stimulates. That's not cool. That yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, there's no manual labor involved in that. Uh, yeah, man, it ruin anybody's dreams. Yeah, the poor bull. Yeah, if you're into that, just go over to the horses, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ashley from Gunstreamer, shout out to Ashley. Ashley from Gunstreamer says, I would definitely have a horse and dog rescue ranch. Um, I'd have to have chickens and goats too. Okay, very yeah, cool. Okay. I do yeah. have chickens. And yeah. I had goats, but I'm going to tell you, those things are like kin to Houdini. So they a goat spends 99.995% of their life trying to get out. Oh yeah, they don't, they, they don't even go anywhere. They get out of the fence and they go around, you know, and it's yeah. like they're laughing at you. And then you put them right back in, and you're like, "Yeah, I showed them." And then like you're not even back in the house, and they're out again. Yeah, so. or getting their head stuck in, depending on what kind of uh, fencing you have. That is so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will. Say, my mom runs a, a rescue for potbelly pigs, like mini mm. pigs. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh-huh. that's. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So what's yours? What's yours, Cody? Uh, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of like Will. I actually lucked into the position. This is actually the exact position I've always wanted. Um, I, I have a bachelor's and master's degree in, in agricultural science and, and education, and used it for a little while. And I actually started working at a gun store as a um, just a retail associate mm-hmm. and worked my way up at that gun store, and then. Took a super entry level job at Walther and ran that for a little while as I traveled the country as a, you know, basically a sales rep, a dealer support rep. Um, I have no marketing experience in my background, but I knew I always wanted to do that. So I just kind of learned from the right people. And uh, the opportunity came up last August and, um, you know, put my name in the pot and they actually chose me to, to take over the, uh, the marketing side for Walther. And now wow. it's kind of grown from there. And, and, um, basically the, the head of marketing for, for Walter USA. And I get to work a lot with, um, you know, Carl Walter Germany also, and, uh, and how the brand looks. And if you haven't noticed the, the new direction of Walter, there's, you know, new logo, new, you know, ad campaigns, um, more innovative kind of promotions and things like that coming. So it's been a, been a fun thing. Um, uh, you know, I spent so much time just trying to get here. I'm really enjoying it. And, it is a lot of work, and and same thing with Will. You know, you kind of go by that eighty twenty rule. I mean, if your if your job sucks, you know, more than twenty percent of the time, then you should probably get out of it. But it's always going to suck some days. Yeah, 
Um, but I actually, I, you know, I love my job though. Even the, the high stress days. And then, you know, I get to go, you know, shoot matches, visit gun stores, and then just think of better ways to, to market guns to people. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a dream job for a lot of different people. And I'm, I've always been very, very thankful for it, especially when you go around the industry and you, you, you talk to a lot of guys and they're not big shooters. They really don't enjoy mm-hmm. shooting. They kind of get annoyed when you try to talk to them about guns. You know, I'm like, what? you know, like people would kill to have this job like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, that you're that guy that everybody's like, man. How do you how do you become the marketing guy for a firearms company? It it's takes like, passion I though. Am that guy. Yeah, yeah. but oh, it takes absolutely. it takes passion. That's what it is. You have to be passionate. You have to be um, like an evangelist for that company, for the firearms industry, for that matter. You've got to really believe in the Second Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to be fun. You know. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. that's. Uh, let me see. Richard Hughes gave us two bucks. By the way, he says. Pool boy and extra large implant recovery spa. That's his uh, dream job. Yeah. This. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, pool boy at. <laughs> oh, is it supposed to be pool boy at? A uh, extra large implant recovery spa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, this is being weird. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, listen, my dream job, if I could get paid to do it, honestly, um, I always wanted to be a comedian. If I could be a stand-up comedian and get paid doing it, which I think I have the skills. You know, I think I'm very funny. Lola does not think I'm funny. <laughs> but, you know, I do actually think I'm pretty funny. So I will be... That would be awesome for me if I could just do that, just go around the world being stand-up comedian. But I have a lot of fun doing what I'm doing here. I mean, I enjoy being creative, so I am making money and making a living being creative, so that's that's always a good thing. Uh, let's see if we've got any. There's been a bunch of questions coming in here. Um, I don't know if we've missed anything. You guys will have to come back up here again. Okay, do you guys want to switch over? Maybe talk about some stuff going on in the news. Anything well, interest? Anything interest well, anyone out there? I know we uh, had. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, for for me, you know, I I know that I don't want to be the guy that beats the dead horse, but mm-hmm. you know, I I don't want to forget about the suppressor issue. You know, it, it came okay. up. It was big two weeks ago, but it's just like the bump stocks. Everybody thought, oh, we haven't heard about it in a while. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to go by the wayside. And um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about really was encouraging people to to understand what suppressors really do mm-hmm. and how to obtain a suppressor, because you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of gun industry people that are watching this podcast tonight because obviously they have interest in freedom and guns. So, you know, I I don't want it to be an educational session, Mm -hmm. but I but I will I will point out this. A lot of times I get asked by gun collectors, by firearms enthusiasts, because I I do have a considerable amount of suppressors and other class three items. um, And they're like, oh, do you have a class three license? And, you know, there's just a total misunderstanding of what it takes to to purchase a suppressor. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I what I would like to encourage everybody is one, no, it does there's not a if you're a class three licensed federal firearms dealer, that's different. But as an individual, you can go out, you can purchase a suppressor as an individual. I also recommend if you have multiple people in your family uh, to create a trust. It's not scary. And uh, silencer shop now even has the kiosk system. Um, it's great if you have members uh, within your trust located out of the state because you you can 
obtain your passport photo, your fingerprints, everything. Every two years is all it takes. And you do that one time. And every time you purchase a new class three item, they push a button, you pay the, the tax stamp, which is $200. It submits everything for you to the ATF and you just wait. And usually uh, the last suppressors that I bought, it was 13 months, unfortunately. And I've got a couple of machine guns right now uh, that I'm there in purgatory. So no, no telling when they're going to be out. But, you know, it's it's and it, I also hear this other excuse. And these are avid sportsmen. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the only reason I'm bringing this up. These are guys that know guns. They're like, man, I just don't want to wait. I'm not waiting 12 months. But you know what? Those same people like two years ago were telling me that they didn't want to wait 12 months. And if they had just gone out and done it, by now they'd have been enjoying it. And the thing is, why everybody also wants to know, why do you need a suppressor? Well, like for me, and not everybody uses them, I suppress everything. That's and the way it should be. Just, everything should be yeah. suppressed. So <laughs> it's, it's just easy. Like I, I wear Peltor contacts a lot. And, you know, hearing protection is awesome. The reason I wear hearing protection still, even though everything's suppressed, is I like the electronic part of it because when I'm hunting, it allows me to hear better than I can naturally. And mm -hmm. I've got good hearing, but, I mean, it's crazy. I can hear stuff coming from way off. But I like the suppressors because, for one, it doesn't hurt my ears. But, two, it helps encourage people that find firearms scary. The, the two biggest things that I hear is recoil. If, if I ask, let's say, a, a young shooter or a lady, um, have you, do you like to shoot? Do you like guns? No, they scare me. Okay, well, why do they scare you? Typically, it's recoil and sound. Mm -hmm. Well, you can mitigate one of those. You actually can mitigate both of them, one by caliber choice, so choosing a caliber that doesn't have a lot of recoil like the 300 Blackout I showed in, in the earlier part of the podcast. But the second thing is a suppressor. And, you know, you can take a, a young shooter, and a, a 22 is great. You know, that's one of the things that you mentioned. And you can put a suppressor on that. There's zero recoil and very, very quiet sound. Now, you have to educate them that, yes, this is a real firearm. Just because you don't hear the same boom and, and shocking sound doesn't mean that it's not effective, but it allows people that would normally be intimidated by a firearm to try it out and, and become accustomed and trained. So, you know, that I, I don't want to get on a total soapbox, but we don't need to forget that that's a real threat that's still out there. And uh, we want to keep that kind of spinning and keep bringing it up and show the support of the gun community and really the American community, because there again, I think it's a big introduction to people that aren't uh, comfortable with firearms to allow them to do it in a less intimidating environment. And it protects your neighbors. They don't have to hear all this, you know, noise going on in the background. You know, I can, I can take that 300 blackout with some subsonics and shoot a coyote at midnight. And doesn't no bother anybody. Yeah. No, but it takes care of the problem. So yeah. just wanted to, Kind of, kind of regenerate that, I guess, as a as a piece of news because it's not really old enough news yet. So no, I agree with you. I think that um, I think what we're facing with this stuff, and any of you guys could chime in here, is that um, they're kind of like trying to go after the things first, based on the amount of people that are interested in it. So there's not there's a lot of bump stocks out there, but most of us, 
you know, aren't super interested in bump stocks if you know what they are. And that's what, like, you know, we say it all the time. It's not the, it's not the fact that it's the bump stock. It's the fact that they're going after things and picking things off. And then I think the thing with suppressors kind of falls into that category. In the gun community, there's not a, a huge percentage of the gun community that wants to get into suppressors because they feel like, okay, that's money. Then I have to do the, ta you know, for the tax stamp and then I have to wait. And then people think, you know, there's lots of like urban uh, myths about it. Like, oh, then the government could just come in my house whenever they want to. You know, it's registered. I don't want to register anything. There's all those things that happen. So there's lots of folks out there that think, well, I don't really care because that's not going to affect me. I don't want that. And I think that's too bad. It's too bad that that happened with the bump stocks and people kind of like let that go. There are, I'm not saying there are people out there who got mad about it and fighting for it and all that kind of stuff. And um, we're, we're always running the danger of that with suppressors, machine guns, um, SBRs and things like that. So, um, Well, and I, I think the one thing that the bump stock issue did, because, I mean, you nailed it on the head. I can't tell you how many people I talked to and they're like, oh, I don't care about bump stocks. Well, you know, me personally, I don't have one, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do have registered machine guns. Not everybody can afford to make that investment. But, you know, the, but the thing is about the bump stock that should be a critical point here is it made it real. With a stroke of a pen, it was mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and everybody thought that that couldn't be done. Well, it has to go through legislation and, you know, we're going to have some protection. It'll never pass the House and the Senate. Yeah, you well, can write it, your senator or your congressman and tell them, no, yeah. don't vote for that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that whole issue just sub, subjugated the, the process. And, I mean, it literally was a signature and whoop, it was gone. Yeah. And, you know, that, that really opens up a, a, a deep canyon that it could be suppressors next. And, and you know, I, I don't even know what that could look like. You know, no new suppressors or do you have to turn in the suppressors you have? I mean, it just who knows and and those are the fears and and we need to uh have united support of all of these issues because you don't ever know when an issue will come by that you don't care about and it falls by the wayside but it only takes the step up to the issue that you do care about so it's better just to join as a group and the front end and and stay strong and and let people know that we do use these stuff and and that you know that's part of our american freedom and it's a deterioration of the freedom and our constitutional rights and every gun law to me is unconstitutional i know that's debatable to some but not to me uh you know i I believe strongly in the Constitution and the right to have and bear arms. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's not debatable to me. I don't know if it is to anyone, <laughs> anyone here. Um, you know what? Listen, the same thing that they that that same uh, stroke of the pen, that executive order to go after bump stocks, can easily be used to go after suppressors. And so far as you know, we're all we, we're all guessing what could happen. But if you want to make an educated guess, just look at what happened with bump stocks. Those are things that people bought legally. Uh, the ATF looked into it several times. It's fine. People bought it. They have possession of it. So if you have suppressors, y you know, it's very easy for them to go. Listen, we think these are bad things. No one could have them, period. If you have them, they have to be turned in. They have to be destroyed. They can't exist because that's basically what happened with uh, the bump stock. You know, and if they if they really see this as something that belongs to bad guys, then, you know, you you have to pay attention to it and keep that going. And it's it's you know, it's going to be a creep. It's definitely going to go into other things. So 
Uh, I don't know if that's the line in the sand, though. I don't know what. I think everyone here has suppressors, right? Yes. Yeah. So if the if we come to that, is that a line in the sand for you guys where you go? You know what? Okay, I'll just give I'll just give up my cans. Well, they've they've already crossed the line in the sand. I think with every new law and legislation, but you know. It, it, it's also hard as an individual to say, no, I'm not going to comply with the law. I mean, that is the reality. I don't know where that line in the sand, you know, would be where we would all say, no, no matter what, we're not going to comply. You know, most likely if they outlawed suppressors, I would have to do something with mine. You know, that they, they are registered. It's not like they don't know that I've got them or where they are. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I do, you know, I, I am former law enforcement. Uh, I am a constitutionalist, but I do obey the laws. So I, I think the biggest thing is not worry about where the line in the sand is and, and how we will have to react when it hits that. It's the fight on the front end and hope that that line doesn't continue to get moved. Okay, very good. Does anyone want to jump in here? I know, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, that's all words and thing is they are registered and they do know you have them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah yep. they know where you are. And the fun, the funny thing is, it's like, look, you can sound all badass if you want to, but when they show up at your house with your family and it's just you, mm -hmm. you're gonna go yeah. here. You go, sir. Yep. Sorry about that. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I. None of us want to be in that position if we're not like we need support. We need to support each other on that one. You know, if they show up and there's a thousand guys out there on your side and those thousand guys say no, that's a different story. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm not saying that any of us want to get to that state. It's going to be it's going to be a sad state of things for for uh, for everyone. Uh, someone someone and sent me a video about like what if America actually actually like what if Americans just a small maybe not a small percentage but let's say 20 30% of Americans actually got mad about this stuff and and decided you know that's it we're we're going to do something about what's happening here things just that that percentage could make things get really bad for everyone yeah but see they're smart and and they're not doing that they're individualizing pieces and they're creeping the line they know better than to jump you know head first in the deep end because they don't want that revolt but you don't as, as a nation, you don't feel the pain as they deteriorate it slowly. And this mm -hmm. has been happening for some time. Mm -hmm. And there's less resistance to the status that would take take our rights away. And that's their plan. They want yeah. to creep it. Yeah. Well, what separates America from other places? So I think over the last uh, – how long has that thing been going on in Hong Kong? Like two weeks? Something like that. longer than that. <clears throat> yeah. I'm trying to think if it's uh, – wait, did Cody freeze? I don't know. He's like – oh, okay. Oh, he's good. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, there he goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's been going on for a couple of weeks. Just imagine what's happening in Hong Kong, right? Those guys don't really have, they don't have any kind of access. They don't have a second amendment so far as I know. And, and see, I was, was going to say, when you asked what separates us from other countries, it's the constitution. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. Think about the, think about the, uh, the yellow vests in France. <laughs> Oh, they got yeah. They have nothing. Yeah, well, they, and but but still, was, yeah, yeah, but still, they're able to you know to to create some attention and break some shit up, you mm -hmm. know. Well, and and that and that's the thing, you know, like on the French issue, you know, I I remember Trump 
talking very strongly, you know, about some of the instances that happened in concerts and talking about, you know, vulnerable people being fish in a barrel. And if, you know, a good guy had a firearm and they weren't restricted in France, Mm -hmm. they could defend themselves and it would have prevented all the numbers. But the thing is, we've heard that. And then we have the ongoing fear that, you know, actions are not exactly equating to previous talk. And so I think that we need to continue to be vocal. And I think, you know, if we had a voice big enough that Trump and and some of the top leaders could could hear, I do think it is what the most care about It's what the majority cares about. And I think that's what happened with the bump stocks. I think it was viewed as an issue that nobody really cared so, OK, we can do away with that and hopefully appease somebody, which I don't think there's any appeasement of those that want to take our rights. But, you know, that's another story. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Bundy standoff mm-hmm. a few years ago. I mean, that was prime example of what would happen if a group of individuals that were armed stood up. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's really I mean, no one talks about that anymore. That was a pretty mm-hmm. big, pretty big deal. I mean, they won. They won the battle. Yeah. You know, it's, wow. you know, it's funny, though, they. I don't I don't know a ton about what they did, um, but if I were to just sit down and watch the news, I would think that they are the worst people on the planet for standing up for what they believe in. Yeah. I mean, they were so. for land, basically. So mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, it was pretty crazy. It read into it because I remember it, when it happened, I was just kind of getting into the industry and I really didn't know a whole lot. Right. And I, you know, I read into it quite a bit a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't know how this I wasn't just like all over the media i don't remember it being blasted out like that i mean it made it made news but yes they didn't i don't think they wanted to make it bigger than it was but definitely there were guys who went down there Mm. and uh when they realized who was down there who those people were and what they were capable of doing Mm -hmm. they figured yeah we should probably leave this one well and in the typical media fashion they also i mean they, they they really like the we're kind of PC about it too. And the way mm-hmm. they did, I mean, we're just standing out there and we're like, Hey, no, you know, uh, it wasn't this big, crazy, you know, screaming and throwing stuff right. at each other or anything yeah. like, that. you know, pretty civil uh, when you look yeah. at it from, from a far away. So yeah, absolutely. They're got, they're guys in the gun community that are, that are, um, that are high profile that went down there. I don't think anyone was trying to get into anything, necessarily because everyone knew where that was going but but everyone that went out there was definitely taking a risk mm-hmm. you know because if something kicked off then hey it kicks off once that happens it gets crazy um you, yeah. you were trying to get in there will and say something what was that well, i was just saying you know during that whole situation that was the typical media spin you know they they tried to portray them as outlaws and rogues and instead of them actually being in defense of their own land. And, you know, so that's, you can't always believe everything that, Mm -hmm. or most of what the media puts out, you know, about these situations. Yeah. And I think, um, in the end result, the, the cases, they, they won in the cases, but I think, isn't it when they try to arrest one of the sons, there was a shootout or something like that. I believe. I don't recall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have all that stuff in the front of my brain right now. So. Um, yeah. Um, so there was there was an incident in Dallas. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to get deep into it, but there was something that happened today. Let me see if I could throw this up here. Oh, the, um, the some shooting in Dallas. Yeah. So here we go. Gunman opens fire in federal courthouse in Dallas. Earlier, t- this is on the Truth About Guns. Earlier today in downtown Dallas. 
Texas, a 22-year-old man in a baklava and combat gear opened fire at the outside of a federal courthouse. It wasn't long before good guys with guns returned fire and end up killing the gunmen. Thankfully, what's go ahead? I'll, what's, I'll what's he in? What was he in? Uh. Oh, balaclava, sorry. Ba- balaclava? balaclava? Not a, a back baklava. It's, it's a dessert. <laughs> uh, I'm dyslexic, okay? All right, fine. He was Whatever. carrying around many desserts with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds more delicious. My brain sees deliciousness. Baklava. This is what happens. That's what I mean. <laughs> deliciousness. <laughs> so anyway, this you know, guy I, didn't get far. Sorry. Yeah, well, and I'll, I'll make a wager that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be on national news tonight as far as uh, the good guy because that – all right, so you can go to any city. If you look at the violent crimes uh, across America and you annualize that, just about every day somewhere there's a violent crime. Mm-hmm. Firearms are not firearms related, and that's just because we have 300 million people in the United States, and there's a percentage of them that's crazy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other ones that are just plain criminals. But I guarantee you that it won't be – uh, sensationalized on the national news because the good guy won in the end. Typically, it's the the one that fits the agenda. It's the gun-carrying person that harms innocent people. Now we need to create new gun legislation and the same old rhetoric that we keep hearing. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everyone making fun of me. Uh, baklava <laughs> would actually be nice right Cake now. Cake eater. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I know that they were trying to I, – I'm not sure what's going to happen in the evening news. I know they were trying to paint this guy as a right-wing neo-Nazi uh, kind of guy pulling up stuff on social media and all that. Um, I they think they're, they're lumping person. circles together here. You know, like you could be neo-Nazi. I don't know. But they, they label everyone's being right-wing or alt-right or whatever yeah. nowadays. Yeah. What were you going to say, Patrick? Have they released who he was? Have people been looking into his background already? Um, probably. That's probably out there. Okay. I haven't you want seen. To look into I haven't it. been keeping um, up with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, he didn't get that far. So that's that's the good thing. Um, here's another thing I thought was interesting that happened in the news that we could throw up here really quick. So this is, um, I guess the Supreme Court is making some decisions. I think they have about two weeks left. And then I can't believe these guys, man, they have all the they have all the power and everything. And they have a very short time period in which they work and do stuff. But they've got a couple of weeks. So they're making some decisions. It says Supreme Court orders uh, Oregon to reconsider gay wedding cake case. So I think Wait, what? Uh, yeah, because I think in the in the end, right in this whole, uh, so the Supreme Court ordered Oregon to take another look at the case where state officials fined a couple one hundred thirty five thousand for refusing to bake a mm-hmm. wedding cake for a lesbian couple. Um, they they won their case on at the Supreme Court level, though, didn't they? No, no. I think that they won on some level, and then that got flipped over, and now the Supreme Court is saying, you know, saying, no, you, you're going to have to take another look at this. You can't force these people to make a cake, basically, here. So. Oh, okay, so they're they're telling them to go in the direction of freedom, not in the direction of you yeah. must make a cake for whoever. Yeah. These cases okay. get flipped a lot. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you just hear like, oh, they're trying to force these guys to make the cake. Then they go to court and they're like, no, they can't force you. Then some other court comes in and says, no, you got to make the cake. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I just want to eat the cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a strong baklava too. Yeah. I'm a fairly strong believer in, um, in the capitalistic market sense that 
if somebody like let people do whatever they want and I can guarantee the yeah. market will correct itself. If people don't like what somebody's doing enough, they'll go out of business. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So last year it says here that last year Supreme Court. So you're probably thinking that there was another case. So what's happening is, is pe- yeah, people are trying to forward these cases as much as possible. So it says last okay. year the Supreme Court took on a similar case coming out of Colorado um, called Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission. The court yeah, ruled seven I think this to is two. The one I was thinking of. Yeah, they ruled seven to two in favor of bakery owner Jack Phillips. So that's mm-hmm. probably why they kicked this back down. And so that's kind of like a. Um, a victory saying like, hey, you know, the Supreme Court is going to keep kicking these back down because you can't force someone to, you know, to make a cake. Yeah. So there you go. Um, any uh, any comments from you guys on this? I don't really have a, a lot to say on it. You know, my my thing is in support of our freedom and rights. Well, I want to support everyone's rights until it infringes on somebody else's rights. And mm-hmm. I think that's where you have to draw the line. And it doesn't matter what the issue is. It's just my feelings. Yeah, true. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think people, if people want to make cakes or do whatever they want to do, that's fine. But trying to force someone else to make a cake for you when they – why do you want to deal with people who don't like you anyway? That's the thing that I don't <laughs> understand. If they don't like you, just yeah. don't deal with them. And yeah. Like I said, if if the market around that area is against them enough, nobody will shop there. They'll go out of business. That's just yeah. that's the way that works. Right. Well, it happens on on most retail levels. So if I went in mm-hmm. a gun store and you know the clerk treated me like trash or whatever, and so I'd say okay, smile and walk down the street and buy the same gun. Yeah. Give your money yeah, somewhere else. I got my exactly. business. It's almost to me like, so here's something that we're going through in the gun community, and probably all of you guys have seen it or are going to see it. Um, you know, social media doesn't like us, right? No. They don't want us, they don't want us promoting stuff. You know, uh, Cody, you're from Walther. I'm sure you guys get blocked, <laughs> rejected. You can't advertise, all of that. So, and then people, there's, there's always this argument out there that they should be declared... Um, uh, utilities basically, which maybe they should, but I always think, I always think it's better for us to create our own, um, ecosystems. You know, that's the way that we should do this. Why let these guys get the money from us anyway? We should figure out a way to have our own platforms and be able to take care of ourselves and generate our own marketing and interests and conversations inside of our own communities. And I'm not saying that they should be able to kick us out either. But we should figure well, out a way and, where, and, you know, stays stays inside well, you, the circle. You've got that out there, you know, gun streamer, full 30, um, you know, the platforms that are, you know, that is social media. It's video social media. It may not be, you know, a direct replication of uh, Instagram or Facebook. But, you know, the real challenge is getting the monetization because, you know, so many uh, YouTube channel creators have worked so hard to build such a following that, you know, there's ways to monetize and, and get participants so that they can advertise and gain revenue. And they do that. And the more they're compensated for doing that, the more motivation they have to continue putting out content, spending all their time. And it's making that jump from these platforms that are out there to get the monetization, the funds to come in so that they're able to monetize the people on their platform. So then at that point, those same people can tell YouTube, hey, see you. You know, yeah. I've got a different route to go. So it's a big challenge. And I don't, I don't know. 
I, I, I guess YouTube pulls from the billions, you know, and, and all the subscribers that cake bakers and farmers and whoever, you know, how to tie your shoes and, you know, all of this money coming in from all other industries that helps or has in the past helped fund uh, the gun industry. But it's hard to do that on a sole industry platform. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. Really, the, the main problem about and I mean, we've looked at this and we I mean, constantly have people calling me trying to sell me on a new platform, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and really when you look at that problem is if it is a concentrated supply of gun people, I can talk to you anytime I want because you're the person following our page. You're the person, you know, checking in our email, our newsletter, looking at our website, reading the magazines, doing all that stuff. What social media gives you is all the new people, right? The right. new customers that you're trying to generate that don't really know what they're looking for, uh, don't know what type of gun to buy, because that's where a lot of your sales come. And if, if you take that platform away, because they're, I mean, I can guarantee you my, my dad or, or my little brother and stuff like that, they're not super big gun people. But they buy a lot of guns, mm-hmm. but they're not following you know, you know, guns and ammo or NRA or, or, you know, any of these, uh, you know, Instagram influencers or any of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, they, they go about their daily lives and their hobbies that they like and they get influenced in different ways, but they're constantly on Facebook and YouTube. And, um, what they're doing is they're just limiting us getting our product in front of people. Um, and if they don't know about you, they're not going to buy it. And that's the big part. And that's why you're going to see a lot of other companies. And that's why you see like a company like us, Walter, even though we're, we're very old brand, but we're still a very small percentage of the market share. Uh, a lot of people go to a gun store and they're like, well, I'm going to buy Glock because yeah. guess what? That's what they see in marketing. <laughs> yes. Right? I mean, yeah. they really don't do much marketing <laughs> when you look at it all. They don't attend. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all, we're all marketing for them, whether we like it or not. Right. It's kind of like yeah. self-generating marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what takes away. And I think that's that's the real annoying part of it. And because when I look at social media and how it influences businesses have to rely on that nowadays. And, you know, if you, if you don't have social media and you're a new business, it, you're probably not going to do too well, especially with the younger generation, mm-hmm. which we know, like gun buyers, you know, the majority of the of the, the demographic buying a lot of guns is going to be about 45 or 50 years and older. Um, mm-hmm. That demographic buys the majority of guns right now. Um, so you have to prep the, the younger generation as they become, you know, have a little bit more money in their pocket to kind of buy uh, more than just one gun, right? Yeah. Uh, but they're doing all their, you know, their, their consumption of media through channels that you can't market them to them. So, uh, it, it proves to be kind of difficult, uh, when you get into that. So everyone, everyone needs growth, right? The only way to get growth is you have to get new eyeballs, new ears to listen to, to what your pitch is. Uh, go ahead, Will. Well, and one of the big influence to the general public is uh, military and law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, whatever the the military adopts, you know, that's the the latest, greatest, best thing. And, yeah. you know, the FBI just switched to yeah. it's blah, like NASCAR. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like in, instant. And that, I, I think that had a lot of the traction for Glock uh, in the early and mid 80s when, you know, a lot of law enforcement agencies switched to Glock. You know, that's what I cared when I was in law enforcement. And I think, you know, all of that just kind of feeds the general public as a standard. Well, it must be the best. You know, yeah, it, right. it does. You're, you're seeing the, the public kind of veer away from that. It, it was back in the 80s when Glock, because they bought all their contracts, right? They went in, they, mm-hmm. they bought all the department's guns. They basically gave them new holsters, new guns, 
everything. So departments couldn't turn it down. They, mm-hmm. they bought that in the beginning. Um, but, you know, you look at it now and you, I mean, we're getting contracts here in the United States and we're, we're carried all the way around the world. But, you know, now that we have U.S. facilities, we're starting, we have a new law enforcement division that's going out there. And you start looking at a lot of these contracts and it's, it's really getting where it's, it's getting outside the box. I mean, we're getting contracts. You look at, you know, CZ, you look at all these other like different brands. It's never been able to get contracts here in the United States because of Glock. They're, they're starting to branch out a lot more. And so you're seeing things. And when you look at like FBI and stuff like that, you'll, you'll look at these contracts and they're really kind of tailor made from the beginning to a specific gun. Um, you know, it, it gets kind of annoying when you get into all that stuff. But yeah, with Sig getting the, the army contract, that's definitely going to help. And you look at the 320 and it's, you know, it's a, it's a good gun. Um, well, till, till they started dropping it. Yeah, but you know, quality assurance, you know, I see this over and over again, not, you know, not to, to single SIG out, but they, they do have a tendency to release guns prematurely. You know, the P365 having the striker issues, the 320 having the drop issues, unreliability issues with the MCX and yeah, and you look at it's it's really I would yeah. I would push a lot towards the market right now, and and that's it's something com- I think it's very competitive. Yeah, yeah. If you look at over the last three years, and it's something we keep getting we keep getting tied up in, you know, a lot of the suppressors and stuff like that, and then we're watching our industry just track yeah. down. Uh, yeah. And you look at a lot of the, the stocks of a lot of our big companies like Smith and Wesson and stuff, and they're just trending downward. No one's really paying attention to that because we keep driving the price on everything down because. Consumers aren't buying stuff. Political right? environments. Yeah, they're not scared. They're going to lose. They're not buying that. stuff. And so you look at prices of guns, and they have just almost tanked. Um, and they just keep going down. And, and the summertime is the slow season for gun sales, and it's probably going to go down more. So yeah. um, you're watching that, and that's something that's easily fixed within the industry, you know. So. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things, and, and companies got to fight through it. And when you look at what's they do and the 365 yeah they had some issues coming out of the gate but you look at it now they're probably their top seller right now and, and that's yeah. what you go in the gun store and ask what's selling they're gonna say yeah 365 yeah. so you know we we get caught up in those little things and it's really half a percent of the gun buying community that actually even cares about that but <laughs> the other 99 and a half percent of the people are going into gun stores and they don't even hear that stuff Mm-hmm. Um, you know, until it, it happens to them. So it gets a little blown up because we're so just like die hard into it. And we mm-hmm. see it all the time on Instagram, Facebook, and you know, the well, average. That, that's the thing about the bigger pool that you're talking about. I mean, first of all, before yeah. we even get into that, like I do think that uh, Glock does a lot of advertising still. You know, I mean, they had Gunny. Now they've replaced him with Chuck Norris. You know, there's other things. You, you see them in magazines. You see them doing, uh, sponsoring lots of competitions and things like that. You've still got to stay present in people's mind somehow, right? To uh, Because that's really what a lot of this is. You know, when you buy something, it's built on desire, like we were talking about John Wick at the beginning mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think John Wick's still using, there's still lots of Glocks in the movies, but that's what they started out using you know you know modified but that's where it starts so other than you're the guy that just goes okay i just need this one gun that's it i'm good after that you know the 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 other gun guys out there are like oh i really want to get this i gotta have one of these so that's that's part of the whole issue and i think lots of people are still advertising but to come back around to what's happening with social media cody um 
you know, how much do you guys think about this? What do you think about the future of this? If you have Facebook, I mean, you know, we, we were talking about Lauda with Crowder. He's not going to be the only one they come down on. Like, what's the plan for you guys if they start coming down on you and going, listen, you have no place on our platform? Yeah, well, that's, that's something we prepare every day, you know, and we, there's some really – uh, down home style of just building your, your newsletter email list, your email contact list, because that's direct to consumer. You can talk to them. Um, that's been a big uh, push for mine just to have in my back pocket, just in case that happens. Cause you can see it trending on Facebook. Just the amount of people liking our page is starting to trend downwards. Instagram's going up. Um, YouTube stays kind of, kind of level. Uh, Twitter's actually kind of big. Um, so you, you see it, but you kind of, we all know it's probably coming one day unless uh, honestly it's kind of weird but unless the government steps in and does something um to these private companies which i really don't see that happening um so you know it, it, it's their company so they can kind of do with it as they see fit but i think we really do need to look into some different platforms but it's really you know trying to access that that new buyer is going to be tough like i said i think if we get on one of these, you know, gun specific type social media platforms. Yeah, we can all talk to each other and do all that. But I still think in the grand scheme of things, that is a very small percentage of the people actually buying guns out there. And so when you look at it from a manufacturer standpoint, yeah, they're going to be interested. They're going to do and they're going to help support the community and stuff like that. But it's not going to be a have a good return on investment if they're dumping a lot of money into it and they're just advertising to the same person over and over and it's not growing to the amount that, you know, their like our Instagram page is growing, you know? So, um, it's, it's always going to come back to what's going to give you your best return on, on your investment. So, yeah. So um, let's do around the, let's do a round Robin thing here, starting with Babyface again, Babyface, Do you think that the uh, social media platform should be declared, um, utilities? I don't know. Um, You're fighting. I can see the internal struggle. What you believe is it, fighting it, against. It's, no, it's because I I inherently don't believe in more government. But on the same side, they ah, it's so hard to decide how I feel about it because I don't think that they should be censoring anybody unless you're calling for violence against others. That's the only because anything that's outside of you know legalities, you shouldn't censor people, and that includes horrible hate things going on. Like, I, let them talk, bring it to the light of day, and people will. Yeah, that's how we know again, who's who, right? We yeah, know, people like, will look at it and go, at. "Screw that! I don't want any part of that." Mm-hmm. Um, but after a certain extent, they're so large. There's no. It's basically impossible to compete in that market. So I, I, I'm I'm really torn on it. I'm really not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Okay. What about you? Well, what do you think? Well, as much you know, I'm I'm one of the unique people that you know when I scroll through my Instagram or Facebook, man, I'm looking for firearms deals. I'm seeing what's the hot product. So you know, I'm not that the average citizen as far as social media is concerned, but I have to lean back as much as I hate it because I, you know, I have, I've become close friends with a lot of people in, in the gun industry. And I, I see the demonetization of, you know, YouTube content and, you know, the algorithms, if you have a gun in, in an Instagram post, they're, they're not given as much space and, and much, you know, feed through, but it, to me, I think it's still, we can't pick and choose what, what our rights are. And, I think, you know, having government interaction with that is kind of like making somebody bake the cake. 
And um, I, I don't agree with it, but I, I don't I don't think that I would like government coming into a, a company and dictating what they have to do. Okay. All right. And then what about you, Cody? Uh, I kind of go back and forth. I'm a capitalist, so I, I really want them to be able to mm-hmm. you know, use their company um, to make their money. But what, what bothers me, if they're, if they're going to be a platform and they come to companies and they're like, hey, if you pay us, we will get your stuff out to, to millions of people, just like TV channels, just like anything else. I think they need to be put in a different category um, because – if businesses, if you start seeing, you know, TV start to disappear, magazines start to disappear, and it's the sole uh, purpose or the sole way to actually advertise and get your product or things like that out to people, then I think there does need to be some regulations on that, just like there are with TV, with FCC and things like that. So mm-hmm. if it's a hosting platform and they're advertising themselves and telling people that, hey, we're a hosting platform, we'll take your money to let you advertise on this you've got to step back and, and have some actual guidelines there because it's going to fluctuate. And you know, just personals, people's personal opinions are going to fluctuate mm-hmm. every generation. It's going to change. And if they don't step in and do something right here in the beginning, it's going to go up and down nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? like I said, if they come out like Facebook, I think they've came out and they're like, Hey, we're a social platform between families and, and all this, we want to stop so much of the, you know, spam ads and all that. Okay. If you're going to designate yourself as that, then do it. But YouTube, on the other hand, is like, Hey, we're a hosting platform. We're going to pay you, um, for the content that you generate and for the viewership that you get, we're going to let companies pay us to advertise. That's a hosting platform. That's a complete different ball game. Yeah. I think there's, um, so, so Mac was on here, um, last week, um, we don't do it every week, but we're doing this live with Mac thing. He brought up a point that I think makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of these platforms got exemptions from being sued by the government. They got special protections for people suing them. Okay, they are pretty much utilities. If you don't have any, so there's there's nothing that's really going to replace Facebook at this point. You know, there's nothing no. that's going to replace YouTube at this point. I, I'm, I'm an advocate for us having our own things, okay? But, mm-hmm. but nothing's going to replace those guys. So the question of whether or not they are utilities, I think there's no question. It's definitely a utility. It's a utility mm-hmm. if I have – so if I move into a neighborhood and the neighborhood says, you know what? We're not giving you electricity, <laughs> but we'll give electricity to other people. You know, that that that's a utility denying me a service. And I think it's the same thing with Facebook and YouTube and those big monolithic uh, platforms. And so when they deny people access to talk to to talk to an audience about something, especially when it's legal, when it's covered by the Constitution, you know, then you you have an issue there, even though we don't we don't want the government to have to come in and make laws and regulate it and tell them what to do. So then they're getting away. They're like, you know, using our own beliefs to beat the crap out of us, you know, and then we're losing our voice. All they have to do is follow the Constitution, you know, the First Amendment, Second Amendment, things like that. When you look at it, there's already laws that go against, you know, crying wolf and and, you know, hate hate speech and, and raise it. All that stuff is already regulated mm-hmm. through the constitution. You know, there's laws against that stuff. All you gotta do is abide by those, you know, and just follow that. That means gun control is not a debate on there. Mm-hmm. Speak freely, mm-hmm. but you can't call out violence or any of that because that's regulated by law. It's a pretty simple thing. And they just tend to look right past that. Yeah. <laughs> and then think about this. There's other denials of service. 
So there's fire, there's people in the firearms industry that are being denied banking. Yep. So then what do you do? <laughs> you know, if, if people keep denying you these things, if, if people are like, yeah, okay, you're a legal business, but we're not going to let you open a shop here. We're not going to let you have a factory here. We're not going to let you do banking. You can't have a payroll or whatever. Then they can pretty much put you out of business. And so at some point, there's no point to a government if we're not going to use them for something. I believe in like well, small government discrimination. myself. You know, yeah. discrimination can take any any type of form. And, you know, it's discrimination against firearms industry uh, enthusiasts and companies. And I definitely uh, would echo that it's a, a, a straight out violation of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, then when, when you become a constitutional issue, then it's completely different than a business choosing to serve or not serve uh, the public because – you know, as the conversation developed, I was I was thinking to myself, you know, really they're they're a utility and and they're more of a media outlet. If anything, they just don't have the direct input. Uh, you guys as content creators are the media agents, for instance, and you know they're they're denying your freedom of speech because you don't agree with their program or agenda. So yeah, they're more like, like bandwidth. I, I would, I mean, this is kind of like Patrick's wheelhouse, but I think like YouTube and, and Facebook is more like bandwidth. Am I wrong there, Patrick? So, so you see them well, as? I see them as like bandwidth, like they're, you know, uh, some, somewhat with what Will is saying. We create the content or we make the statements and you we were put just it providing on, the wires to yeah. get the content from their server to the, the audience. Right, yeah. Everyone's not going to yeah, see our see stuff, you know, like on YouTube yeah. or Facebook. Lola puts up stuff on Facebook. I don't even see him. We're married, and we're, we're married on Facebook, <laughs> you know. But I don't uh, automatically see it because she puts it up, right? So the mm-hmm. thing is, is that people, there's people following me. Maybe it knows that, like, you know, um, these are the people who follow her, you know, that kind of thing's going on. Same thing on YouTube. You don't automatically see my stuff on YouTube. If you're a gun guy and you you look at this kind of content, it shows it to you. But now YouTube is going further and saying when they demonetize things, Lola was just telling me before we started the show, they went through and found like nine or 10 videos that they've already looked at that they re-put back up to be... Um, like where I have Monetized? to, yeah. So they're like, yeah, this content is questionable. We're demonetizing it, and you have to put this. You know, if you want to, you could put this in for review. So everything yeah, but, uh, there has already gone through that, and they're just going, yeah, we're going to do that now. So every time they do that, they're suppressing my audience more and more and more. So it's not me. I can still put up videos, but the people coming in there, they're not suggesting, hey, you might want to see this. Go ahead. Well, and it's, it's the other social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. When you're running a business, um, you know, they, they dictate all right, not only do, do their algorithms close that that viewership like you're speaking of on YouTube. But, you know, if you say, all right, well, I'm willing to pay to promote this and, and you try and create an ad and you try and increase mm-hmm. your viewership, you just get a you get a message back. Sorry, we're unable to promote this. It didn't follow the proper guidelines. Blah blah blah. So they're I mean they're directly censoring what they allow and what they don't, and it has nothing to do with violent content or anything, you know, that would be offensive uh, to the general public. So it goes it goes pretty deep on all the platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me just get uh, Red Bear has a comment in here. He says, "I don't remember ever voting for any of these technocrats." But I have bad memory. Yeah, it's 
it's such a weird it's such a weird delicate thing which is why it hasn't been regulated or or done away with and but they definitely i don't feel like any any one company should be the arbiter of morality or the arbiter of what can and can't be said mm-hmm. um like facebook youtube twitter any of those they they shouldn't be able to tell you what can and can't be said on their platform in the sense that I don't know. I, I'm kind of just going on a tangent. It's really no. hard for me to decide how I feel about it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you're right there. Look, we already know we've got a rep- uh, representative here of the industry in, in Cody. But I, okay. So the firearms industry, they can do radio. I don't hear them a lot on radio. So in um, terms of advertising, so local somewhat. local talk radio, I hear a, a bunch yeah, of it. Local, yeah. Um, but uh, music radio, no. Yeah. Now TV. Can you guys do TV in terms of can you buy an ad at the Super Bowl? Because I think you know, Daniel Defense tried that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Are you? Are you? Wanted to do that for one. Are, but <laughs> yeah. Are firearms specifically prohibited for some reason, or do they just say no, we're not selling to you? That sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure on on that end. I'd like huh. to, With Daniel uh, Defense, they said no for the Super Bowl. Daniel Defense yeah. actually no. made a commercial, had the money, they were willing to do it, and then they said no. Because there's there's special restrictions around like alcohol and tobacco advertising. So I don't know how firearms would fit into that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I see a lot of Modelo commercials. Yeah, but like I can't That's drink true. can't <laughs> drink a beer on TV though. Like, right, right. You notice that? Yeah. It's yeah, like it's weird. always sitting in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Caffeine, caffeine music lovers says Babyface P is being wishy washy. It's it's just that it's it's not. There are so many things in in my life that I I feel very strongly about, and and you guys know that like I am very staunch in one direction. This is such a tough thing to navigate because part of me is very much a open market free business type and and to me that means no government intervention but then on the other side you have corporations that are totally running amok and they decide that their left-leaning ideology is what needs to be and anything that's to the right of that just needs to be banned outright so it's it's kind of it's it's a tough situation. Yeah. Where people get confused though is this we don't none of us know what the actual freaking guidelines are. Yeah, so see that's a that's a major like, issue. They go back through videos that were once completely fine and now they're all of a sudden they're like, Hey, these are wrong after they've been showing them for two or three years mm-hmm. uh, with ads running on them and now they're like, Oh no, 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 no. They have no, they have no concept of grandfathering. That's oh, not a thing to them. <laughs> set of guidelines that way people can actually abide by them. You yeah, know, yeah. Well, see the, that bump the stock issue is a lot bigger than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guidelines are moving, and here's the thing. Look, we can have our own um, platforms, but then we need servers for that. Uh-huh. You know, you need you need some kind of uh, you know access to the actual internet. And all that kind of stuff to connect to those. So I think that's the problem that we're always facing. Like there may be right now, Amazon is a big player in that. Google, right? And they could come in and go if there's there's a platform out there, like let's say GunStreamer, for example, and they're using Amazon, and they come in and go, listen, you guys are getting a lot of gun uh, stuff going on here. We're not going to allow you to do this well, anymore. You know? That's that's what's happening with sites like 4chan and 8chan and i know that that for anybody out there that doesn't know what they are they are very very fringe websites so they are very typically on the right very very far right 8chan especially um but people have given up going after 
the owners of the sites themselves because obviously if you run a site like that, you don't care the, mm-hmm. the crap that goes on there to a certain extent. Um, and they're now just going after the hosting providers and saying, hey, you are the hosting provider for 4chan. We don't like that. You should stop providing for them. And it's uh, 8chan has gotten pulled down a couple times. 4chan has gotten pulled down a couple times. Um, and they keep having to find hosting providers that are willing to allow them the freedom to run their website, which is the the uh, one thing that I was going to piggyback on your thought, though, Hank. The idea of segregation is scary to me in that we are segregating ourselves away from the rest of the population, saying like, oh, this is our – you know, you're not going to play fair with us, so we're going to make our own our own websites, which, to an extent, is a good idea. I mean, you definitely need uh, you definitely need to have backups for everything. So, well, like, I Co- think having go sorry, go ahead. Well, and Cody provided a, an excellent point. You know, from an industry perspective, that you know, on YouTube, the benefit to them is a diverse audience. So, me, if I go to say Full Thirty and I want to watch a Mr. Guns and Gear video on how to clean and lubricate my AR, that means I probably already have an AR and I need to watch that. You know, yeah. but that's not getting to that average Joe out there. Want to watch? You know, Hank Strange or Babyface P or, you know, you know, I, I know you guys. So I go and seek that out specifically to grow and strengthen the industry. You've got to have that pull of the masses. Yeah. Well, and even it, for Walther. It's hard to do that segregating. Yeah. Even for, let's say, a company like Walther, you need to be able to put out stuff like, hey, this is how you use our product or this is how you can correct this problem or this is how to properly, you know, clean or service this pistol. Right. And if those are bad things and you can't show that, now you, you got a big problem now, you know. And there's companies. Uh, Spikes Spikes has been kicked off completely before. Uh, mm-hmm. So has uh, Brownells and other companies. This is the kind of thing that we're facing. And let's say we allow them to get away with that, and the company's like, "Well, we've got our websites." At some point, someone's going to come along, like Patrick is and saying. Go after the, the DNS host, yeah. the server host, and say, no, we don't yeah. like them. You need to bring this down. Yeah. Why do they have a website? I came along and was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's. Well, you just, you, you hope that that last line of defense is willing to stand up and say, no, we're not going to take down a service just because you don't like it. Yeah, but you, you look at Shopify and they pulled down everybody. They pulled down everybody. They just went everybody. overnight, said, you're no longer making money, mm-hmm. exactly. which is scary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was working for a company, and we use Big Commerce, and Big Commerce called us that next morning, and they were like, "Don't worry, we have no plans of that." But they're pretty good. Big it was yeah. it, it was a scary thing that overnight they just said, "Yeah, we're just gonna pull the rug out from under all you guys." Yeah. Deal but with if it. if companies could get pressure, there's nothing saying that Big Commerce could get pressure from other yeah, companies okay, so- getting together and going, "Hey, if you do business with these with this segment of the population or or of an industry." then we're not going to do business with you, so you're going to have to make a choice. So I've, I've run this through my mind for a second now that I've thought about it, and I, I think the self-segregation is not the right way to think about it. I think it's more of if you – we need to have companies that are willing to stand up for freedom. I think that is the way to put it in my for my brain, not to say that, oh, we're a gun company or we're, we're banking for gun companies, more of we're willing to bank for freedom you can do what you want to do as long as it's within the boundaries of the law. We're not going to we're not going to stop you. I think mm-hmm. that to me, there need to be more companies out there because Bank of America doesn't want to, to credit card processing companies don't want to deal with gun companies, things like that. So, no, I, I think that in if I phrase it that way to myself, that makes more sense. Um, there need to be freedom loving companies, which 
God, there so many of them are bending to the the pressures of the left and the SJWs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let me get a, let me get a quick. I'm sorry, Cody. Did you want to throw something in here? Let's see. There was a there was a there was a, uh, a welfare comment that came through from Real Cujo like yes. ten minutes ago. Right. Let me <laughs> let me get to that one since <laughs> yeah since Real Cujo is real awesome to us. He says, um, I don't know if I remember correctly, but wasn't Walther coming out with a 22 AR with adjustable gas system? Sorry if I didn't yeah. remember correctly. No, that was the Hammerley. That's a sister company of ours that's owned by the same group. So, yeah, that's the Hammerley TAC R1. Um, awesome gun. Uh, definitely go take a look at that gun if you, if you got a check. I uh, got a, a second. So, yes, um, uh, I have a video from, from you have a video. NRA. Check it out. For check, sure, if you want to see my video, something. I don't know if it's if it's monetized or not, but probably yeah, not. Right. probably it's all good. Um, it's all good. <laughs> hey, did we did we previously talk about the Project Veritas thing that came out last week about um, uh, God? What's the name of that website? Pinterest. Pinterest specifically banning shadow quote shadow banning certain groups and and ideas have we talked about that at all no i don't think we did i did see uh something in the on the wire about it do you want to explain it real so, quick yeah so last i think it was last early last week if not the week before project veritas came out with a video um from an insider that worked at pinterest saying that certain websites were getting added to block lists pin block lists and other things that weren't associated with that block list. So the block list was a porn block list and Pinterest has a like a manually updated list of sites that you can't create pins around. And typically, I mean, it's a porn list. It's supposed to be about porn. They started adding, um, well, the one that they caught was a conservative, um, it was a pro-life website. And I am unfortunately, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a pro-life website that was added manually by somebody to this block list um and they considered it a porn site just how basically it came out that they were trying to they they are actively uh censoring certain websites certain ideologies um the other part of that was they do um they have another they have another section that does the autocomplete so they they put certain things in the autocomplete where it will block from autocompleting um and excuse me and christian was one of those so if you looked up any sort of like bible verse or christian anything uh it would refuse basically refuse to autocomplete those to what popular searches would would be like bible verses um so it, it was one of those that i think we've all kind of known this is happening or believed that this is the way it was um but they had actual physical proof of like um chat logs and um comments made um, not comments commits made to like the, the changes of the code showing that these things were put in place to block certain ideas in certain positions mm-hmm. yeah that's um, so what, i mean what do you guys what do you guys along, think about that yeah it's kind of in the same thing of what we were talking yeah, about here sure. i think doesn't surprise me <laughs> yeah yeah. 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 Same situation, different issue, but it's all the underlying, you know, rights, freedom of speech. It's it's just the, the different platforms. And, you know, it goes back to whether they're going to be deemed a utility or, um, you know, censored or yeah. know, whatever. Someone has to enforce the freedoms here because the companies are set on um, 
on on having a say in what happens, right? This is they, they we've got election time coming up, but they've been doing this now for years. See, and that's the scary thing is a lot of people are predicting quote a stolen election because the the tech industries are just going to block what they don't like. Mm-hmm. Any story about Trump that's positive, they're just going to make sure that gets devalued on the charts and it goes way down in the search results. Mm-hmm. And that's easy. That's, that's It's not like it's hard to do something like that, especially when you have access to their code. It's base. just people in the companies. It's just like how sometimes there's bad cops out there, right? It's, it's yeah, human no, exactly. beings are, are police officers. For the most part, it's something that people do because they want to help and, and whatever. But there's some people that are just bad actors and they do this stuff. Well, at, at these companies, there's a lot of bad actors. That's and, the scary thing. Yeah. So when they sit around and they go, hey, we could do this, we could do that, we could go in here and kill this channel off, block this channel or whatever. Um, yeah, this is this is really what we're going to be facing. And at some, t- at some point we have to figure out, this is why I'm like, I'm of both minds with all of this stuff. I don't want to come off YouTube or Facebook or anything else. I want to be there. But at the same time, I want to have something else where I'm talking to the core group of people who think and believe the way that we do, because we're talking tens of millions of people, Mm -hmm. you know, and definitely enough to like uh, to affect elections, if not on a national scale, definitely on a local scale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that that's the challenge, because, you know, you can you can take the largest YouTube channels, you know, probably five, six million followers for that channel. And, you know, the, the same content being put over on one of the other platforms. I mean, it's just pennies on the dollar, you know, as far mm-hmm. as followership is concerned. And it's just extremely hard to to do that. So, I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to be able to be independent, um, you know, and, and I'm not even a content creator. And but I, I do love it. You know, like I probably watch, you know, some of the gun industry news and, you know, how to videos more than I watch TV. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love to see it continue. Yeah, you're a big you're a very important part of that equation, though. That's the thing I keep telling people. So you can make all the content you want to and put all the stuff up there you want to. Um, there has to be people there has to be people in the audience out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need the people out there that are listening to it. I think it's just that um, I, I, this is why I agree with what Cody was saying. And whenever we have this conversation, first thing that comes up, you need like a bigger pool. You always have to be able to expand that because it's the same thing with vote. Once we get people to understand what we're talking about, you know, those people can make up their own minds and realize like, oh, yeah, there's something wrong going on here. Why are they, you know, why are they trying to do this? So. So two quick things for me. Sure. Uh, somebody who was it in the chat that just told me this, uh, Will H. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked this up. There is an actual San Francisco poop app called Crap uh, Snap Crap, which uh-huh. <laughs> is a is to show where homeless people are pooping on the street in San Francisco, so somebody can come clean it up. That's disgusting. Um, secondly, Harry's Holsters is asking, um, is there going to be any sort of where was it? Where was it? Uh, Walther competition for the P365. Are you guys working on something similar? Uh, I mean, we're always working on stuff. The the <laughs> issue where it uh, comes comes into play there is, is importing it in. You can't import uh, a gun that small. Oh, uh, so yeah. It here in the U.S. And we literally just are getting up and going on manufacturing mm-hmm. with the PBK, PBKS. And we're, we're very far back ordered on that. Um, uh, what so guns I'll are you guys think- making stateside? 
uh, that just PPK and PPKS. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the little James Bond gun. So oh. and those. Just so 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 up. I'm sorry. Just tell us about the size restriction. Uh, it's like a point system, isn't yeah. it? What's, yeah. What's the deal with the that? The weird point system. It's it's tough to to actually navigate it. A uh, little above my pay grade, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at some of our guns, so and I can't remember when the actually act was, but that's why you looked at the PPK has to be built here in the United States because it actually is too small to actually mm-hmm. import in. But you look at our guns like the, like the PPQ as a windage adjustable site, because that gets some extra points. Our PPS and CCP, that's about the biggest or the smallest gun that you can get into the States. Okay. Um, so, but you know, it does drive a lot of business to, for, for manufacturers to, to build plants here in the States. You look mm-hmm. at Glock with their 43 and you look at uh Sig Sauer moving over here. CZ just moved down the road from us to Little Rock. Um, they're building a huge facility there. Um, so it, it does drive a lot of business and, and manufacturing here to the United States. But yeah, I mean, we, we definitely want to create innovative stuff, but you know, think about Walther what I love is we're not going to copy anybody. We're going to, we're going to develop new things that are, that are innovative. Um, so we're not going to come out with some knockoff, um, P365. And you see a lot of that when the 43 came out, there's like five no. different you're not going to be in Mossberg? Yeah. Just don't make that smart gun that was in that James Bond movie. Uh, yeah, for sure not. Yeah, don't, don't actually try well, that, to make that. That's actually refreshing to hear because, you know, you, you hear innovation, innovation, innovation all the way around. And, and some company says, yeah, we're releasing a new carbine or new whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's the same AR that everybody else produces and rebranded. So If you look at this gun, the, the steel frame PPQ and a striker fired gun and – it was so funny when we were at SHOT Show, we had, you know, representatives from other manufacturers coming up to us and they're like, man, what, how the heck did y'all do that? I mean, why did y'all do that? And I was like, man, freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason you need it. you want to be the cool kid on the block. Yeah. yeah you know, and it, I mean, it has dominated coverage this year for us and it's done really well. The market was really asking for that. And, it, you know, it's. It is. It's a steel frame striker fired gun, and you don't think of too much innovation out of that because I mean, there's been steel frame striker fired guns for a long time. I mean, our first gun, the Model One, was steel frame striker fired. Um, but what it what it's done to the industry is just kind of proved what the market was looking for. And you see, the market trending was who can make the cheapest gun, and and you know, just basically getting that price down. We we kind of went the opposite direction because we realized who we were and, and what we are. We wanted to make a high-performance gun um, and get back to that original quality of what we're really known for. And so we, we took a shot with it, and we, we released a you know $1,600 striker-fired gun, and it has really taken off. I mean, we've had a lot of different people, including, you know, you look at Larry Vickers has, has picked it up and fallen in love with it. And people that's never really dealt with us before in the past have, have really just fallen in love with that gun. So it kind of showed us, you know, if, you, if you're a gun guy and you're in this industry and, you know, we've all been, we've all laughed at new guns that have came out, you know, there's these big product releases and it's like a different color. <laughs> You know, or or something like that. So you gotta you gotta do something that, that people are gonna want. Um, but you know, people are gonna gonna chase numbers. Uh, that's that's what it is, and that's why you see these really cheap guns come out that copy a lot of other manufacturers. And we've had it. I mean, you look at how many knockoffs of the P ninety nine and the PPQ there are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's tons of them. I can't keep track of them anymore. <laughs> and I don't know why we're so small. I'm like, I don't, 
well, you would have picked a gun with a little bigger market share, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's like that. So we, we kind of want to stand back and be the performance leader in our industry and keep pushing towards that. And, and we've done that throughout history. Um, so, I mean, it's, we're not new to that at all. So we're, we're glad to be getting back on that track and, uh, not have to play that, that numbers game of just, you know, trying to, trying to sell a bunch of guns. We want to, we want to sell really good guns that are high performance and, and actually make money. So Okay, cool. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to some quick Gorn here for everyone out there. Can we get some, like, thumbs ups from the people? We've got, like, over 100 people watching us right now. Let's get those thumbs ups. And then I want to ask a quick question of Cody. Um, I, it was in the news that someone stole a gun from uh, NRA. Did you – is that guy locked up yet or what? What's the deal? He is. They actually caught right. him and returned the gun to us too. So. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. Cool. <laughs> So he got so he got identified. He did. <laughs> yeah. He got identified. Um, yeah. Don't try to yeah. steal guns from anywhere, especially not gun shows where there's a gajillion cameras on you. Dude drives me crazy too. I, like me personally, was standing like three foot from him talking to a customer. Dri- yeah, drives me nuts. I, well, I was looking. Yeah, I could see you guys, and when I was looking, at, I was like, oh yeah. I was looking to see me really in the video. I was like, yeah. man, <laughs> come on, how come I? Because I, I was over there. I guess I just didn't hang out in the booth long enough. <laughs> you know, to get in the video. All right, let's show, let's show some Gorn here for the 400 episode. Who's got the Gorn ready? Who's got it? Who's got it? Will? Okay, Will's got it. Let's start with Will. What you got? Nothing to see here, just suppressor host. Pay oh. no attention to the Glock, so yes. sorry. <laughs> yeah, Glocked out. Cross Glocks yeah. right there. Locked I haven't brought out. this out in a while, so I'll yeah. bring this yeah. out. Yeah, and okay, I'll, let's... Sh- boom, there it goes. Babyface oh, P. yeah. With, with the the python. the python yeah yeah he's got a python and and, and y'all are gonna have to give me round two because i drugged this gun out for y'all last go around before we were yes. unable okay. to go live right remember yes. yeah okay the let's see it yeah okay oh that's the mauser yeah uh-huh. one more two mauser uh-huh. but the cool thing about that because everybody's like oh that's nothing unique uh-huh um, it's from the Tet Offensive in Vietnam. Oh, wow. And, and you have uh, the paperwork, too. Paperwork. Yeah, and all the uh, unit patches for the guy wow. that uh, captured it off of the... Oh, that, okay. Let me grab mine real quick. Y'all talk that about that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's got a competition going here. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> definitely... Oh, this is going to get good. Yeah, that's oh, definitely... Man, that's uh, neat that it's got... So what is that? Bring back paperwork? Is that how that is? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's the uh, export paperwork from <sighs> Vietnam and also the uh, Department of Defense reception cool. forms here in the U.S. And um, so I did a little bit of research and it was uh, a, an infantryman with 177th Infantry uh, in Vietnam, South Vietnam. And it was right at the time post-Tet and the 177th was sent to fight the 275th. Uh, North Vietnamese regiment during the Tet. So it's really cool. That yeah, cool. show us that again. Show us that again one more time. Let's see it. Let's just see the gun. Give some people some time. Don't tease. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah, there trying. you go. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome, awesome. Okay, Cody's in here. Cody had to go get his. I, I get mine. This was my dream gun for a little while. So this is actually... I'm still missing a couple parts off of it to make it a full Mark 110, but it was actually a Mark 110 in the military and it was a repurpose. <laughs> um, 
How nice. much did you spend Sweet. on that? Do you yeah. not even want to say? <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, I sold a, a lot. To, to yeah. so I have a Surefire can, so I don't have the Knight's Armament can or the uh, the proper Mark IV scope. I'm still on the yeah. track for that, but I do have a Mark IV on top of it right now. But, <laughs> cool. Yeah, so that was... Uh, awesome. Kudos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there a specific Knight's, Knight's Armament uh, suppressor that needs to go up on there? What's the deal with that? They have a whole kit. The actual uh, gas block here. Okay. Um, there's actually two pins here, and the can would actually slide completely over the top. Okay. The and then pin straight down on the back. Oh. Gas block. Um, have you ever, pretty crazy. What's the name of the um, American Sniper? I think he has an M110 in that movie somewhere. Yeah. It's a big old long can. Okay, yeah. Harry's holster says Cody wins. Cody wins. Um, here, I'll show. <laughs> it's not as hard. The M110 is is cool yeah. too. Yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. gonna show my PPQ 22 tactical with the Liberty yeah. Vector suppressor on it, titanium. So there you go. Um, but you know, which is cool. We're gonna do. We're you know, summertime. Nothing says summertime like 22s. Shooting 22 suppress. Barbecue and 22s, that's where yeah, it's at. Yeah, summertime's <laughs> all about that. You know, while you're out there, you take out some squirrels. <laughs> you know, some f squirrels get frisky. <laughs> that's what that's for. Um, yeah, you know what? Definitely, we probably we need to we need to wrap it up because we're over the 9 o'clock hour here. Uh, it's been lots of fun. Lots of people have joined in for the 4th, 400th episode. Excuse me, not the 4th episode, the 400th episode so um here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go around the clock here and have uh these folks tell you guys how you can follow them i'm gonna start with cody how can the uh, people out there uh follow walther and yourself i don't know uh, if you do your own social media uh bird no one wants to follow me i'm just another bearded <laughs> white guy with some yeah. guns on instagram so mm. uh, not real exciting <laughs> there but uh, if you want to follow walther it's uh, at walther arms uh great uh, Instagram page. If you you can uh, comment quite a bit, you can get my boy Vince Man to comment. He's uh, pretty hilarious, so he's going to be the one that's that's answering everybody on there. Uh, if you do want to follow me, it's just one dot Cody because um, that's where I like my name at the competitions. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, see the name thing. The name thing. Yeah, All right. So, so yeah. what about you? Well, what about you? How can the folks out there follow you? Yep. Uh, at Bear Creek Cattle Company on Instagram. And, uh, you know, there's, again, a lot of fun stuff that we'll put up anything from muck boots to muskets, man. You just never can tell. And don't forget, by following us on Instagram, uh, you could have a chance to win beef for a, for a year. So, yeah, and that's coming up, year. man, July oh, 31st. Yeah. yeah, or for me, beef <laughs> for like two weeks. Yeah, you know, and we're going to use <laughs> random.org to, to select it. But, you know, everybody's going to think it's rigged if you guys win. So I'm just going to have to send you something anyway, right? Oh, oh okay. Thanks All for right, the, fine. Thank you for the following and the support. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I recommend everyone get out there, follow Walther Arms and follow Bear Creek Cattle Company. Um, and then I'll, my friend here, Babyface P, how can people follow you? Uh, I'm definitely not going right now to follow Bear Creek because I definitely do <laughs> one meat. year of meat. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Babyface P on YouTube, uh, baby underscore face P on Instagram. I just put out a video today, another video um, showing you how to bend a AK receiver. So if you want to go see that, go check it out. Coming up later this week, we're going to be finishing the AK. So those videos, as we actually work on it and finish it, will be coming out a couple days after. So hopefully we'll have it all done this week and videos will come pretty shortly after yeah okay 
make sure you guys follow Babyface P. We're gonna get yes, we're gonna we need to do some videos together. I think since it's hot, we'll just do some sitting down talking videos. Because <laughs> summer sucks right now. <laughs> yeah, those are easy. Those are easy. You need get to come done. to the mountains where it's uh, cool and, oh, yeah. and pick uh, up some beef. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> That's a good plan. That's a good plan. We definitely need to do that. Um, I know I did put out. There's a there's a uh, 450 Bushmaster ridiculous pistol that Babyface uh, built up that we put that video it's out. You got a, some it's a monster right pistol. Yeah. Quote unquote pistol. 450 Bushmaster. You had to make it into a pistol. Oh God! Yeah, I mean that's like that's, I said in the video. It's that's it's what a it was engineered for. It, it's a small game round. It's great for a small game. <laughs> yeah. So and then I think I just finished doing uh, Walter. You know, Walter's into military vehicles. Uh, and cheers to Walter over in England. Someone said that he was at a Hooters in England or something like that. <laughs> I saw his picture. I believe it. So yeah, you guys can go check that out on social media. But uh, I just I just finished a video with him where um, he's showing off his Pinsgauer and Halflinger. So uh, you know that should be up in a couple of days here as well as some other stuff. So I want to thank everyone for coming on. I want to thank Walter who does sponsor the show. They help us to be able to keep doing this, get us to five hundred, get us to a thousand. You know, um, a boxing match between me and Louder with Crowder where I'll just run around the <laughs> ring like a little baby because <laughs> I know he actually trades for that kind of craziness. But uh, <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll make it happen. I've got the weight advantage on him, though. I know that. <laughs> Heavyweight champion right here. So anyway, thanks to Walther for uh, looking out for us and taking care of us. Thanks to Babyface P. Thanks to Bear Creek Cattle Company. Thanks to everyone out there who's been watching the show all this time, looking at all the episodes, listening to it on audio. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. I'm going to drop the end on it right now. Boom, there goes the end. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you thumbs up. Make sure you ring the bell so you can be notified when we do this again next. And uh, anyone else has any final words here, guys, before we go? No, just no go support the gun industry and buy some guns amen <laughs> amen <laughs> good stuff all right we're out of here thanks a lot guys see you tomorrow we're out